Century, doing something mean to it, do it better than anybody you ever seen. Do it, strong from the haters, got a nice ring to it. I guess they be too big, don't need a theme music. I want men to have all that power. The clock ticking, I just count the hours. Stop tripping, I'm tripping off the power. Broken, the school closed, the prison's open We ain't got nothing to lose, everybody we roll uh, Everybody we roll With some light-skinned girls and some Kelly Rose And it's white man One bleeds red and one bleeds blue Two friends, one heated rival It's intense it's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio with your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347 324 5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Mikey, 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 we are back. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Red vs. Blue Friday Night Football, The Return. Wherever you may be, thanks for making us part of your night. I'm Scott Atkins, team legacy in the world of well, high-stakes fantasy football, daily fantasy football, all of it, and uh, joined by my big blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent. Mikey, it's good to be back on the airwaves uh, here for Scout Fantasy. Absolutely, Scott. It's, it's great to hear your voice again. Great to hear your voice uh, through the uh, airwaves, through fantasy football, and, uh, you know, it's that time of year. I mean, let's get it rolling. Let's get it started, and uh you know, let's get red versus blue uh, rolling again, man. I, I really appreciate you and uh, appreciate the audience and everybody that uh, loves to uh, listen to us on the podcast or what have you. And uh, we got a great draft that's gotten off to a really good start. Yep, I'm just now uh, – the draft actually started at 9 o'clock while we fumbled around with audio issues here at Blog Talk. That's uh, That seems to be the MO here. But we also have a, a, a special co-host tonight – the one and only fantasy exec, Corey Parson from Sirius XM Fantasy. Corey, uh, the draft has started. Hope you have the uh, draft. Well, what's up, my brother? What's the deal? What's going on, fellas? You know, glad to definitely be a part of the broadcast. The first Roto Bowl, uh, well, formerly known as the Roto Bowl All-Scout Fantasy Online Championship. Florida was the leaderboard in this contest the past couple years. Didn't get to the top. Hopefully I can this year. But I tell you what. Got a lot of good strategy going on right now. I know we're about to get into it, fellas, but a shocker right at the top of the draft. I yeah. love it. I love it. This is the only Scout Fantasy Online uh, Championship draft that will be broadcast live with public results available to all. Chat room is buzzing. Thank you to everybody here, the crew, some of the best minds in the world of high-stakes fantasy football. We love you all, everybody that plays in high-stakes, DFS, season-long, all of it. Uh, we're going to jump right to it. Uh, I want to introduce the participants. Web Slinger at the one hole, Mike Weber, one of the top auction players in the world. 
Guys, he placed second in the auction last year here at Scout Fantasy. After winning it the year before, he's done numerous fantasy articles for us, and he shocks everybody. Well, me, the first time I've seen it all year, uh, in any draft, taking Demarius Thomas, yeah. number one overall. Mike, I'm going to ask you, and then, Corey, you respond. Do you have a problem with that pick? Because I certainly don't. No, I don't have a problem with it at all. Uh, once once everything was said and done with uh, Demarius and uh, Des Bryant, obviously that that was a collusion type of deal. But once everything was said and done, no, he's he's going to score a ton of points. And uh, you know, I see what's going on second and third. Uh, is he better than Antonio Brown, Des Bryant? No, I put them all together. So uh, when you got Peyton Manning throwing to you, no, that's fine with me. Uh, yeah, Corey, he's right up there near the top every uh, the last couple of seasons. Demarius, the number two wide receiver, I think last year. Uh, but there was a you know there was a there was a number one guy, and it was Antonio Brown. But you uh, you got Peyton Manning in his swan song kind of year. What do you think about that pick? Yeah, Antonio Brown, of course, would have been my guy at one one overall if I was going to start the draft with a wide receiver. Listen, Demarius Thomas is not an issue. You see him get his contract six three two forty five four three forty dynamic, free-type athlete. I do think the targets go down this year. But listen, Demarius Thomas is still going to get his touches. He's still going to get his catches. He's still going to get his touchdowns. Lock him into the top five wide receiver. But going 1-1, he needs to have the kind of season that Antonio Brown had last year. I don't know if he's capable of that this season, but it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I love it. I absolutely love it. This is what you get here at Scout Fantasy, where the best players play Harry Mary Monks, uh, Chris Brommel from uh, Minnesota, big dynasty player, throwing his hat in the ring this year in this online championship league, takes Adrian Peterson. Uh, after a year off, Adrian Peterson, a lot of fantasy football uh, experts out there are predicting big things for him, including our very own Tim Yotter, uh, the Minnesota Vikings publisher here at scout.com, uh, just was on Sirius XM Fantasy with Dr. Roto the other day. And, uh, again, it, it should be Teddy Bridgewater uh, – has a, a huge helping hand here, Mike, with the return of Adrian Peterson. Right. You know, I, th- I think that uh, that pick is b- very risky, in my opinion. I would I would have went ahead and take uh, Le'Veon Bell instead of uh, Peterson. But, uh, you know, it's, it's tough to tell. This whole draft right now, what I'm seeing, uh, not just from this draft alone, but what we're going to see in the uh, months, uh, in the next couple of months, is – I mean, it's going to be a hodgepodge. I mean, it, it is so wide open on who you want, and it's up to the owner and and their uh, and and what they decide on. Yeah, three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number. We probably won't have a lot of time for calls until the second hour. We have a jam packed first hour here at the return of Red versus Blue. Doctor Roto will join us here at the quarter past the hour. Emil Cadlick, the commissioner of the Fantasy Football World Championships, joins us at nine thirty. And then the fantasy football world champion himself, David Mackis, will join us at 945. Uh, we'll be joined by a lot of the players in this draft in the second hour. And, and hopefully our good friend Corey uh, will join us uh, for the entire show. My, uh, Corey, we've got the third pick here is your guy, Antonio Brown. I'll, I'll tell everybody right now, last year you were higher on Antonio Brown than anybody in the industry. I'll admit it right now, you were that guy. Uh, that was higher on Antonio Brown, and he he proved you right. Andrew Palermo, paper champs here from New York. He played in red versus blue last year. Didn't have a great go the first time, but his draft he started off with, Corey, was Calvin, Geo, and Ellington. 
and he missed in the other two rotos, but it looks like he's 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 kind of learned his lesson. And and uh, look, Antonio Brown is is kind of like the no brainer pick. You don't want to mess that one up. He falls to you in three. A very safe pick. We know how dynamic the Pittsburgh Steelers passing game is. Todd Haley, one of the great wide receiver coaches, maybe in NFL history. He develops talent. What they've done with Antonio Brown is phenomenal. The targets, the the the, the, the streak with at least five catches per game. You can see what he does in the deep passing game. He gets money across the middle of the field. Chain mover can get down the field deep. Racks up targets. I mean, in the offense that really was just him and Le'Veon Bell. And Ben Roethlisberger sitting back there slinging it 40 times a game. Yeah, this is Antonio Brown, very safe pick. Not a surprise, not a sleeper anymore. No, wasn't a sleeper last year, but last year we saw Antonio Brown go on a turn in the middle of the second round with a steal at that point. But this year, for the most part, I would say he is closer to a as, to, as close to a consensus number one there is in drafts right now. But one thing about this year, fellas, is you can we can do five different roller bowls tonight, and we'll have five different top fives. I love it. Yeah, right. that's absolutely right. And, and, Mike, I want to ask you about that, too, because it, it doesn't get a lot bigger than what Antonio Brown did last season. So to ask him to do that again, 129 receptions last year, our very own Sean Childs, uh, who's on Scout Fantasy team now, projected him for 127 catches, 1,700 yards, and 12 touchdowns. Do you think that's that's possible uh, again? I mean, it's it's hard to come back and, and give that kind of an encore performance. That's averaging like eight catches a game, Mike. What if, Pittsburgh uh, has a tough schedule this year, right? Yeah, well, you know what, I, Scott, I think it's very possible. It, ten, it depends on the uh, surrounding group. Uh, a solid running game, uh, another wide out, and uh, some other things that can help him out to uh, make sure that, he gets the uh, the space, the uh, attention that he needs, and uh, I think I think it's there. Uh, you know, I think it has what what it has to take. Uh, it's not just man. about Antonio Brown. It's about uh, you know, it, it's about other uh, elements that will make him be successful for your team. Yeah, he he was a total absolute dominant stud. There's nothing nothing really uh, to worry about if you're if you're taking Antonio Brown. Look at his last. Six games on the schedule, Corey. 24, 31, 25, 27, 20, and 30. Those are monstrous games. I mean, there, there was only, look, I see a 15-point game in there and a 13-point game. Those are his lowest games of the season, just two of them. So Roethlisberger is going to feed him the ball in and out. It's amazing. Now, the fourth pick, no bozos, Jeff Odell from Evansville, Indiana, the 812 area. From a couple of draft and goes last year to winning the $20,000 playoff contest last year. I'm absolutely ecstatic for him to see that go down for him last year. I don't know if you guys remember, but hopefully Jeff calls in in the second hour because I want to talk to him. He won that on that Super Bowl play where, you know, look, if Lynch scores that game, that touchdown at the end, there's going to be some points happening for New England, and he would not have won that 20 k So the fact that that interception happened made him twenty grand in the playoff contest. And now, look, Big time player this year. You can read all about it. We did a scout fantasy story, but but Corey he takes Le'Veon Bell here, uh, who uh, we've we've dubbed here at Scout Fantasy LeBron Bell. Right? He's a no brainer when he's out there on the field, but he's going to miss some time. What do you think about the suspension and the fact that he's still being drafted this early in the draft, even with the suspension? Same thing as Antonio Brown. It dominates the targets in the offense where he's going to get the football. Those two guys get the football more than anybody else in that offense. Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. With Bell, it all depends on how you put your team together. But you got a player who's going to be rock solid down the stretch 
as you chase down the overall championship. Love what he does. Three down, running back, catch, passing good near the goal line. Durability hasn't been a problem. The offense fits him correctly. When it comes to the three games, it is a little bit of a worry. You throw a buy in there for that four weeks of your fantasy season. If you don't have Bell, you never know. He could get off to a slow start. But dynamic talent like this, not really worried about it. I'll be honest with you. I'll be very candid with you, fellas. There's only two running backs I'm willing to take in the first round, and Le'Veon Bell is one of them. You know, it's funny because, yeah, uh, yeah, I I just want to jump in real quick, Scott and uh, Corey. Uh, Le'Veon Bell and uh, Antonio Brown, uh, why shouldn't Pittsburgh uh, pretty much run the table? Because they don't have no defense. Exactly. Okay. All right. yeah. And that makes that, the fantasy that, assets even even better because they get in the shootouts. You saw the game with Indianapolis against the Colts last year, one of the best fantasy games of the season. That's the kind of production that we're going to get from this offense. Exactly. So that's why you that's why you want to uh want to target some uh Pittsburgh Steelers uh offensive guys like Le'Veon Bell early, uh Antonio Brown early, Ben maybe, you know, a little earlier than what you would think. So you never know. Yeah. We get to see what they're all about week one at New England on Thursday night. Yeah, hopefully you you guys will be joining us in Las Vegas for that uh, and that awesome experience. Now, let's move on I'll to the there. number five pick. I love I love the Le'Veon Bell pick, by the way. I absolutely would take him. Uh, he, he is that uh, the only one of two running backs. I agree with you, Corey, the only one of two, uh, Charles being the other. Uh, number five, Thy Black Sheep, John Howe. A little bit of background here, Diana. <laughs> Diablo, California, uh, he was in the world championship and a couple of online championships. Last year, runner-up record in the only main event league that he played in. He finished 95th overall, so he had a solid team to finish uh, strong at the end. Julio, Lynch, and Morris was his start, and he added Justin Forsett early in blind bidding. You know, it's not just about the draft, but it's also blind bidding, submitting your lineups, fighting every week. This week he says, you know what, I'm not going to mess that pick up. He's going to take Des Bryant with the fifth pick overall. Could have taken Charles, maybe an Odell Beckham, but I think those are the three options, Charles, Des, and Beckham, and, and I don't see any reason why you should be upset about taking Des Bryant in the first round. He should be pretty happy with that. No, I, no I, doubt I, I, Go ahead, Go ahead Corey. Des Bryant, <laughs> no doubt. I mean, you saw what he did last season, 16 touchdowns. He gets to work in the red zone, big body in the middle of the field, a chain mover. An offense, much like Pittsburgh's, where last year, yeah, you did see Witten sprinkled in. Uh, Terrence Williams on the outside, uh, on the other side of Dez, for the most part, was a playmaker. But the football went to DeMarco Murray and Dez Bryant this year for fantasy purposes. We hope the football goes to Dez Bryant and Joseph Randall, but I'm quite sure we'll get to that discussion later on in the program. But everything you want in number one fantasy wide receiver, Dez Bryant brings it. If he goes anywhere, he can go. If he, if he just told me he went 1-1, I wouldn't have batted the eyelash. No. Right, right. No, Corey, he's, he's another one of those receivers. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And uh, plus, he, you know, he, he's this is first round, so he's thinking, okay, well, let me take the best player available, and then come second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth round, then he's going to start working some things. So uh, I think it took the best player available, in my opinion. Next pick on the board, uh, El Derecho, Rob Benetti. A little background on Rob Benetti. Second place last year in the Red versus Blue League, this very league. A $100,000 win. He's cashed a six-figure check, guys. Have you? A $100,000 winner back in 2006 with the big Steven Jackson game. I think it was like nine or ten or eleven receptions. I love that. Uh, In 2014, Rob was in four Roto Bowls. The online championship was formerly Roto Bowl. 
had a first, a second, and a third in four leagues. Now, that's what a high-stakes veteran will do. And he doesn't look a gift horse in the mouth here, Corey. Jamal Charles at the sixth spot. Uh, look, there, there are a few concerns with Jamal Charles. What's your biggest concern with Jamal Charles this year? Well, basically, you look at the, 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 the play of the offensive line comes comes to mind. The injured, the, the health situation in the offensive line. I, I, you know, I'm not worried too much about Charles' durability. Of course, you tend to worry about Andy Reid and some of the shenanigans he's pulled. But one thing I like about Jamal Charles is he dominates touches in that offense. When he's in there, he's getting the football. It's going to be interesting to see if he comes back and pays the premium price to lock up Niall Davis in case of an injury. Niall Davis slides right in. He's an RB1 on any other team in the NFL. But you got him playing behind Charles to package those two together. Yeah, Jamal Charles is the first-round running back. He's absolutely explosive. And another guy that's absolutely explosive joins us right now. The one, the only, Dr. Roto. Now, Doc, it looks like we're trying to get you uh, in. I think you've had some uh, Internet issues uh, where you're at. But, Dr. Roto, uh, what do you think? Demarius Thomas started this draft off at number one overall. Is that uh, – are you okay with that pick? Wow. Wow, that's uh, a little shocking. I mean, Demarius has been going in the earliest most drafts I've seen about seven or eight. So, yeah. It's it's a gutsy pick. I mean, look, I have no problem taking a receiver with pick one. I just think I would take Odell Beckham or Antonio Brown or even Des Bryant. Demaris would probably be my fourth guy on the list. Dr. Roto on Sirius XM every day, Monday through Friday. Uh, Doc, the last – let me let me recap a couple of picks since you're having internet issues. The draft started Demarius, Peterson, Brown, Bell, Des, and Charles – Nothing really surprising about any of those picks to you, is, is besides the Demarius pick. Is anything else stand out? No, nothing, nothing shocking. I mean, look, I, I, Peterson's going to go and Bell is going to go. I think Bell's a smart pick if somebody's willing to, to take some chances, especially if they feel confident in how they draft later. You know, I heard the exact talking about Jamal Charles. I mean, that's a smart pick. Yeah. You know, Dez is good. Look, I, I like Beckham a lot because I think he's a game changer. So, I mean, he certainly would be in my first grouping of picks. But, you know, you can't go wrong with any of these names we mentioned. They're all pretty solid players. And the seventh pick overall is the aforementioned uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Roto. uh, Goes to Canadian geese, Blaine Para. He's a Canadian player here. Two Rotables last year, first and a third in his league, and 14th overall in the entire Rota Bowl contest, which is a very impressive season. Big online championship player this year. He takes possibly, arguably, the, the uh, hottest player in the game in Odell Beckham Jr. Roto. Uh, Doc, you know the f- Scout Fantasy format now being here for, you know, for playing Roto Bowl for the several years now. Uh, is How important is it for you to get that wide receiver uh, action going earlier? Because typically the RBs were, you know, they, they go pretty fast. Yeah, I, I, look, I, I think people are not with the program now if you're not taking receivers early. I, I get getting one running back. I want to have my one guy. But I, I think gone are the days where I had to have two RBs early. I'm going to load up on wide receiver. I'm going to be very comfortable taking running backs who get receptions, you know, the Duke Johnsons of the world, the Danny Woodheads of the world. Do I want better? Absolutely. But I'm not going to pass on Odell Beckham Jr. Roto. I'm not going to pass on Antonio Brown. I'm not going to pass on really good receivers who, in this format, in a PPR format, I mean, think of what Beckham did last year. He was getting like 12 for 148 and two touchdowns. I mean, that wins you weeks. So 
I think it's an aggressive move, and I, and I like it taking a wide receiver early. The next pick so on Dr. the board. Roto, uh, yeah. Dr. Roto, Dr. Roto, I mean, <laughs> just real quick, you wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't hesitate at all by going uh, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver uh, in a draft. Say, uh, say you're coming out of the uh, six hole, right. five, six, seven hole. You know, you you wouldn't hesitate at all going wide receiver throughout. If you told me that I could get, let's say, Beckham, Randall Cobb, uh-huh. and Brandon uh-huh. Cooks, sign me up. I'm winning that. Right. Sign him up. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. And we actually we actually do see one of those in this draft right off the bat. We actually have two of those, Mike, uh, from the three hole uh, already: Antonio Brown, Jeffrey, and Cooks. And then we'll get to the other one here at the bottom order of the draft: Nelson yep. Cobb I'll and Matthews. It. It, it, it's going on and. I think we're going to see a little bit more of that. Dr. Roto is our guest right now on Red vs. Blue. You can listen to him every night on Sirius XM Fantasy from midnight to 2 uh, for the NFL season, uh, the late show, kind of like the uh, the, the stay-up-all-night-and-party uh, show, Doc, where you and Tommy <laughs> G get, get a little loose. Pound for pound is in the eighth hole. Wayne Ferguson, he's uh, back for two main events and the online championship he dominated his world championship league last year, fellas. He won ten grand in that league, twelfth overall in the entire contest of the world championships. So he's one of the top players. Uh, last year he started Demarius, Lacey, and Bell. Uh, he ended wow. up getting. Um, he drafted Lacey and Bell, which people were worried about Bell. He had to draft Lacey. If you drafted that third week of yeah. August last year, you caught a value as a levy on Bell. Yeah had that traffic yep. stop, and I, that was excellent. That right there won people money, and obviously it won him money. Well, and that's right. He drafted on uh, that last Saturday there right after that Thursday game. But, look, he goes back to the well. Is it any surprise when you get a big team and have a great run with Eddie Lacy that you go back to Eddie Lacy in a draft? Like, does that happen to you, Doc? Like, you have a guy, you have a guy that won it for you last year, and then somehow or another he ends up on your team this year. Well, yeah, we get very romantic in, in fantasy sports. We do. If a guy pisses us off, we never want to draft him again. And if a guy helps us right. win money, we love him and we embrace him and we try to get him next year. Look, Lacey is a very solid pick at eight. It's a smart pick, you know, especially with Beckham and Brown and Demarius and Dez gone. I, I like that pick a lot there. It makes a lot of sense to me. You know, he caught more balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One hundred right here and talk about Lacey. We're actually about Lacey, Doc. You know, I see people over at the Worldwide Leader. They're pumping Eddie Lacy as their number one pick in, in, in all the fantasy football. I guess mainly a lot of their guys playing in standard leagues. But what I see, my problem with Lacy is you have three fantasy assets on the Packers that I would rather have than Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, and Allen Rodgers. I don't see the love of Eddie Lacy. He's a serviceable running back, but not a guy I'm going to take in the first round. A nice all be one for fantasy league in that, a part of that Packers offense, but I'd rather have the wide receivers in that offense before I have Eddie Lacy. Well, no, I, I don't disagree with taking a receiver, but if, you, if you're the type of player that needs one running back, Lacey's going to get you double-digit touchdowns, he's going to get you 1,000 yep. yards, and he's going to get you 40 yep. receptions. So he's as yep. safe as they come. Exactly. I don't yep. disagree with you. Look at the yep. numbers, right? If Beckham gets 100 receptions for 1,500 yards and 12 touchdowns, that's going to be better than whatever Eddie Lacey can do. That said, some people just need the comfort and the warmth of the security blanket of the running back. If they do, Lacey makes a lot of sense. Yep. You know, I, I think it's a little surprising. I think we think of Jamal uh, Charles as kind of the lighter, uh, the lighter back that can't handle the workload, and Eddie Lacey is the yeah. workhorse. Uh, but they both only had three games of over 20 carries. 
Eddie Lacy had more receptions than Jamal Charles and more carries. So, you know, it doesn't uh, – it wouldn't affect me at all taking Lacy. At first, I was kind of down on him, just the notion of Lacy. Uh, but when you, when, you, when you really think about it, the offense is so high-powered. Uh, it's, it's nice to have a yeah. piece of that offense. And, and I'm like you, but you, you, there's a chance, Mike, you can get that wide receiver, one of those Packer wide receivers on the way back, too, and now you've got really something special. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, I've had, I've had a lot of fun uh, listening uh, to uh, Dr. Roto and uh, Corey and you guys talking about things. And, you know, the landscape of the game has changed. You know, you, you want to – it seems like to me you want to get those wide receivers, get those precious wide receivers. Because the running backs, let's face it, they don't mean that much right now. Uh, you know, if you get the right one, then that's gold. But other than that, you can wait and wait and wait, and and then you can find one that might fit in and might get you, you know, a touchdown every once in a while. But uh, it's the landscape of the game has changed so much that now it's uh, go get the wide receiver. And to add Doc, on what you're saying, I don't even call it fantasy football. These type of leagues, like fantasy football, is is what you play with on ESPN and Yahoo with your buddies from college and stuff like that. This is PPR football right here. This is point per reception yeah. football. This is pass catching yeah. running backs, heavily targeted wide receivers. That's how you win these leagues. Yep. Dr. Yep, Rowe, the next pick course. in the draft, the ninth pick in the draft, is your uh, your, your adopted son, Julio jones Roto. Uh, if you have to break that tie, I think uh, Julio Jones, Antonio Brown, Dez Bryant, Odell Beckham, that's four guys. How do you how do you break that tie? Do you just flip a coin? I mean, because all those names are just mega impressive. How do you how do you I know, pick when you've got? I those think four? The, the the reason here we go. Antonio Brown is consistent, right? Dez is a game changer. Beckham is a freak. Julio Jones Roto, my original Roto son, is just a star. The problem is his health, right? Yeah. The feet. Can he stay healthy? Can he get to sixteen games? So if I have to rank the four of them, he's the fourth, not on ability, just on health, right? So there's that question mark. Okay. So that's why he ends up going 9, 10, 11. But if this guy stays healthy, I mean, how does he not get 100 receptions, 1,400 yards, and 13 touchdowns? And if he does that, I mean, he's absolutely a top three, top four pick. And that's, that's what we're expecting from, from Julio Jones uh, is that good season where he stays healthy and – and, and makes us all proud for drafting him. Uh, but he is the fourth pick here for Shams and Hanish. Uh, out of Cali on the West Coast, last year's champ of the Red versus Blue draft as a two seed. And then he picked up Beckham on waivers for $2. See, now, that's this, that's part of the game that you really have to embrace in the high-stakes world, Doc, is it's not just a draft. It's picking your lineups every week, and free agency is blind bidding. You get that $1,000 of blind bidding. You've had some experience now with this blind bidding for several years, is there, is there a way to, to describe this to people that have never done it before? Because Samson won this league, and he got Beckham on waivers for two bucks, week three. Well, the, yeah, the first thing you say is the guy shouldn't have dropped Beckham in the first place. You've got to be right. patient. You've got to hold on to your stars. That's the first thing. The second thing is with blind bidding is that you've got to be ahead of the curve. You've got to see somebody for three weeks down the road. Because if you're paying per week, you're going to overpay. Like, for example, let's just say that Mike Wallace gets hurt this year. So all of a sudden, Jarius Wright's going to go for a lot of money. 
But if you were smart, you take Jarius Wright a week or two early, anticipating what's going to happen. So I know you can't anticipate an injury, but you want to be on the you want to be a, a step ahead of your competition. If you are waiting around, blind bidding is going to be harder for you. It's going to be more costly, and that's going to prevent you from winning. Corey, so, you want, uh, so basically, you want to handcuff. You want to handcuff early on. Not right. just handcuffing, handcuffing the draft, but you want to handcuff the free uh, agency uh, blind bidding. And you want to think. You uh, want to think ahead. You want to look for a guy who, right. if something happens, has really good upside. Right. So you're not looking yeah. for an injury, but if an injury comes your way, you're going to benefit big time. Well, I think I, I think I can see some of that. I mean, look, uh, the writing was on the wall a little bit last season. When Ruben Randall was supposed to be kind of a breakout up-and-coming player, and he just never sort of did, uh, he never really got things going. And so at that point in time, if, if Beckham is sitting out there on your waiver wire, you shouldn't be saying to yourself, if Cruz goes down, it doesn't look like Randall's going to do it. Maybe the guy that's unproven sitting on the bench that can't get past his injuries right now is going to do it. So there is a little bit of foresight. Somebody asked me the other day, you know, are the, are the best projection guys, why don't they ever win? I said, it's more than just projections. You've got to be able to put a team together, right, Doc? I mean, there's so yeah. much to this winning at this level. Well, it's projections. It's anticipation. It's being a little bit of a visionary. It's just uh-huh. trying to do all those things and make the right moves. It's roster construction. Right. And it's a little bit of luck, too, you know, having the right guy at the right week. I mean, look, that the guy picked up Beckham for 2 bucks. Amazing. That is a great pickup. I did it two years ago in Roto Bowl with Keenan Allen Roto. Picked him up for thir- you know, for thirty bucks when some guys were getting him for four hundred and he was a star. You just have to be on those guys at the right week. There's usually about five to ten guys a year who come up and really make an impact. You need to get two of them if you want to win. Doctor Roto, thank you for joining us tonight, my man. I know you're always uh Living the dream here. You've got to be on Sirius XM. You can listen to listen to Doc and Tommy tonight. Is it 11 or 12 tonight? I don't know if it's going to be tonight because without my internet, I can't be on. But it might be the celebrity <laughs> draft tonight. But I'll be back Monday night for sure at 11 p.m. Find him on our message boards at Scout Fantasy. He's here, your, your personal professional assistant and expert at Scout Fantasy. Thanks, Doc. We appreciate it. All right, guys. Take care. All right, guys. Let's keep it rolling. We've got a. Uh, we're, we're now to the. We're now to the tenth pick of the first round, and you have options on the board here. You still have Megatron. You have Gronkowski. You have Marshawn Lynch. You have Lashawn McCoy. You have Matt Forte, and Aces full Frank Masco is on the clock with uh, this tenth pick uh, from Illinois. He had five rotables last year. Three of them he made the playoffs. Great team last year with Hilton Luck. Forte and Cooks, who was injured. Uh, Ingram, Steve Smith, etc. cetera, uh, red versus blue. He was also in that league, uh, had a great squad there. Scored C.J. Anderson late for a dollar. I mean, he really did a lot, and he takes Calvin Johnson with a 10 pick. Corey, we've seen Megatron fall out of the first round quite a bit this year, but Frank doesn't let him get past him at 10. No, well, here's the thing. It all depends on how you feel about Calvin Johnson. And once again, like Doc was saying, how you plan on constructing your team. Listen, you're going to get 13, 12, 13 games. If you get 16, he finishes number one. The thing about it is, you got a legit target on the opposite side of him now in Golden Tate. Megatron is still a man. But as a big, a, a bigger body wide receiver who's taken a lot of hits in the back throughout the course of the years, these injuries start to wear up and pile up. And I think that's why he's dropping into the second round. 
it's going to be interesting to see who he gets in the second to pair with him. If you come, if you take Calvin Johnson, you almost lock yourself into taking the wide receiver in the second round. You almost have to because if Calvin's your wide receiver, one need a one A because you're going to have reach when Calvin is not going to be available to you. It's the nature of the beast right now at his age and his size. Or you, or you cuff him. Yeah, you cuff him in that in that fourth round with Golden Tate. Listen, fellas, we wouldn't be sitting here today breaking down a scout fantasy online championship Jeff draft if it wasn't for our next guest. Otherwise, we'd be we'd be covering probably a players championship draft, maybe a national championship draft. Instead, we're we're here uh, for the fantasy football world championships. Our very own commissioner, Amol Cadillac, joins us. Amol, good evening to you, sir. Good evening to all of you, and pleasure being on the show. Good deal. Good to have you back, Emil. Uh This draft is going on. As it rolls along on the uh, with the beautiful uh, draft board. I love that. Would you have ever dreamed in a million years uh, that Demarius Thomas would have been the number one pick tonight? Had had, had that entered your, entered your yeah, mind that, at all? That threw me. That threw me. Now, now, now Mr. Uh, Mr. Weber obviously is a fantastic <laughs> player, and I think one of the things that you've got to remember about this uh, sport is doing things differently can a lot of times give you wins. And uh, a lot of great players out there, they end up, you know, you say, I can't believe he picked those people. And at the end of the year, you're going, wow, what a great team. So you got to yeah. be different. There's something he sees. He probably, they're not going to throw as much, but maybe with the loss of a few players, uh, maybe that guy, uh, you know, he thinks he's going to be that good. It was, It's hard to pass on Brown, Antonio Brown, yeah. but he did it. He's gutsy, and that's what it takes in this league. Emil Cadillac, the commissioner of the Fantasy Football World Championships, and, and uh, wears many hats in this industry. One of the pioneers and true godfathers of the industry, Emil. You were uh, you, along with Lenny Papano, uh, had created the original concept at the World Championship. Well, back in two thousand two. Yeah, that's the first draft. We started. We we formed it in late two thousand one, and the first draft was two thousand two. Yeah. And your goal all along, as you've said in our, our World Championship video that everybody's seen by now, it was to make the skill of the game go up. Go make it a little bit more challenging than your than your home league. And one of the ways you did that was through the blind bidding. And we've been talking about that all night because I analyzed all the teams that are in this draft from last year. And, and a lot of these guys did really well last year. Uh, and it wasn't necessarily through the draft. A lot of times it was on the waiver wire. I mean, that's such an amazing concept to me, this blind bidding, this $1,000 of bid bucks that you get, and that's how you get your free agents. Where did that come from, and and have you learned anything about that watching it over the years? Well, certainly I, I, it's been a while now since '02, so I don't remember when it started. But what used to drive me nuts, and I still see it in some of the leagues, is they do reverse order of standings which drives yeah. me nuts because that's what you don't what that's not what you do in the NFL. You can place right. your money whenever you want to. Everybody gets a shot at a player. I can't believe people still. There's even expert leagues out there that still do reverse order of standings. And I we've proven that that's that's just not the best way to do it. What I was interesting at the beginning, we went 20 rounds the very yeah. first year and a lot of people were freaked yeah. out thinking, "Oh my god, there's right. going to be no players left." Right. What right, I remember. Yeah. Yeah, rather quickly that there's a lot of players left. When you guys were talking about Odell Beckham, I think it's fascinating because here you got a guy who didn't go, who was, had a hamstring all preseason, didn't do any workouts, missed the first four weeks of the regular season, and he was a yeah. number one draft pick. And you guys, what's the probability of him doing what he's doing? Almost impossible. But here's the point. 
in the Fantasy Sports Writers Association Hall of Fame League, I picked him up in the fourth round, excuse me, week four. Because, you know, you have to, what you and uh, Dr. Rota were talking about is you, you have to be picking up players and thinking ahead. The probability right. of him doing what he did was zero, but maybe he would have been decent. And if he didn't the first two or three weeks, you cut him. You have to be picking. You've got to have your pole in the water if you're going to catch some fish. And it's a real dance to decide who to cut off your roster because sometimes you can get overzealous. But if, you, if you're not picking up free agents that have some probability, you, you can't win. You've got you to constantly, every yeah. single week, be picking up or at least evaluating to pick up, even if you don't. And Shake McNeely, yeah. want to quote your fantasy executive, Cody Parker, here. want to expound on that right quick and just speak about how we talked about earlier in the program about a different era of fantasy football, how fantasy football is yeah. evolving. Fantasy owners yeah. who are fickle, Dr. Otter said they're romantic. I've never seen a situation where you have a player that missed the entire preseason the year before, missed yeah. four games of the season the year before. Don't get me wrong, he had a phenomenal run when he did get in there. But fantasy yeah. owners avoid injury-prone players, especially players with soft tissue injuries. And for yeah. Odell Beckham Jr. to be going as high in these drafts as he is, I, I just don't get it. In my opinion, he's a wide receiver, too, because of his injury history. And he's dealing with the hamstring again this season. Well, Good point. I mean, uh, it's, uh, I, he, could, <laughs> he, could, he could be injured and have an average season, and everybody's going, wow, what a crazy thing. But he's showing such fantastic yeah. potential. Uh, it's hard for people to let him go, you know, in that first round. Hey, the Giants have been a team decimated by injuries over the last couple of years, and that's one thing that people come back to is that they didn't have Victor Cruz. The last four weeks of the season, they didn't have Rashad Jennings. They were force-feeding Odell Beckham the ball because the fans had nothing left to play for. Now, he made plays, and he delivered. But in the natural scope of the offense, when the offense is, you know, is that what we're going to see – in that offense when everything is kind of – everybody's back at full strength. You've got Shane Vereen in the backfield snagging targets. You've got uh, the receivers back in action. Yes, it should make things easier, but will he get that – be that target hog that you really need him to be to justify this type of pick, which, you know, you've got some legitimate, amazing players all around him. It'll be interesting to, interesting to see Emil. Uh, Emil Cadlick, the commissioner of the Fantasy Football World Championship. Uh, Emil, this next pick was uh, – the, the, you know, a beast. Everybody's been talking about a literal beast mode. Uh, everybody's been talking about his decline year after year after year. It never happens. Eyeballs, Tyler Williamson out of California. He was in two rotables last year. He made the playoffs and won as a four seed. And he went from the two hole last year. Charles Manning, Stacy, uh, spent a lot of money in his waivers and kind of fizzled out at the end of the last three weeks. He wasn't really bidding, but he did. Uh, he, 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 you know, look, he had a pretty good squad and made the playoffs, and now he takes Marshawn Lynch at the 11 pick. What do you think about Marshawn Lynch there when you have uh, the other options? I, I think he's uh, a great pick at that point in the 11th round. Everybody's talking about his decline, but it never happened. Yeah, and, of course, I can, we can see the drafts in round seven, so I've, I'm supposed to not look after pick one, so I'll pretend I'm not looking. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing the same thing. <laughs> you know, watching what else he did after that, you know, you can kind of gather what he was doing. Genius. He was. But, you know, obviously, Lynch, there's so much to be said about him. He's just so phenomenal. It's so hard to let him go at that part of the draft. Uh, you know, he could have – it puts him in a, a mode where I wish – well, we'll find out here in a couple more picks what he did next. But uh, mm-hmm. obviously, 
Lynch at the 11th pick is a pretty darn good pick. And yeah, well, I like it. it depends on your strategy. If he was really super into the PPR and the receivers, yeah, he could have taken a receiver there. But it's hard to let Lynch go at that point. So I can understand Well, he, Well, not, not knowing what, he, what he's picked uh, after that. Let's uh, let's put it into perspective. If you have three players on the board, not knowing what's picked after that, you have uh, Marshawn Lynch, Jordy Nelson, or Randall Cobb. Which one do you take? Yeah, I, I uh, I'd have a tough time with that personally because I've never been a great Lynch fan. Although I don't know why, because it's stupid right. not to be. But right. uh, it would have been tempting to take Nelson at that point. He doesn't get as many catches, if I recall, off the top of my head, but. You know, with a great quarterback in that situation, and then you know, I've only got I got three more picks before my next pick, or two people after me. I'm probably going to get something good at the top of the second. I think there's a lot of mental thought process there. Is who do you take? Because I don't, I only have two more picks, and I'm going to get another pick. So you're looking see, at two. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I, I would not have taken Lynch in that spot. I would have taken uh, uh, Jordy Nelson or Randall Cobb, one to two, and then come oh, around sorry. and see what happens. Corey, I'd like to get your feedback on the. I'd like to get your feedback on the Marshawn Lynch pick. I think he gets a bad rap by the fantasy community, a little unjustifiably. So, thirty-seven receptions puts him on par with all of those top backs from all Charles and Eddie Lacy. Seventeen touchdowns puts him out of the ballpark with the other backs. Four point six mm-hmm. yards a carry, two hundred and eighty carries. What's there not no. to like about Marshawn other than his attitude, Corey? Is his attitude like a? Does it have like a a cutler kind of effect on play, on fantasy players? I really don't. I, me myself personally, I don't have a problem with uh with the Marshawn Lynch attitude when he's on the field with the teammates and stuff like that. They love him out there. The talk man goes crazy for him. I think what it is with me myself personally, why I never owned him. I'll be honest, fellas. I like young pass catching running backs. I like younger running backs with fresher legs on my fantasy team. And last year, I was the guy that was big on the demise of Marshawn Lynch the fall of Marshawn Lynch, the off-the-field stuff he had going on, everything, the contract situation, everything around Marshawn Lynch looked bleak, and then you put the jersey on and get in between the right lines and it's beast mode. I'm not going to talk him down again this year, but he's not going to be on any of my teams. You know what, what, Corey, I I, I, I totally agree. And the one thing about it, it's not about the downing of Marshawn Lynch. It's I want to make my team – whether I'm drafting from the two hole or the eleven hole, I want to make my team the best possible team it can be. And right now, I would not take Marshawn Lynch at eleven. I would have taken Jordy Nelson or Randall Cobb, and then I would have come around and I could wait on maybe a Lashawn McCoy and go ahead and do that. Yes, it's a lot of ways to skin the fantasy cat. Yep. Well, it also pretend pretend each year is what else is available. In my opinion, there's a lot of good running backs in the second, third, fourth round, fifth round, where maybe I could have gone Gronk and a receiver there and then relied on those younger running backs. But they've got to be there and they've got to be be functional for me. So I have to have the confidence that I can get those guys in the third to fifth round. And if I'm not, then I'm taking Lynch in the first round. Right. And, and oh, that's boy. A big Emil Cadlick, the commissioner of the Fantasy Football World Championships, Fantasy Sports Publications, Football Diehards, FSWA Hall of Famer. I know you hate that stuff, but I got I got to do it, Emil. We love you. We appreciate you. Uh, we appreciate you coming on, and uh, look forward to seeing you in Vegas and uh, 
with the World Championships. Man, am I looking forward to it. By the way, just for the hell of it, yeah. I've heard a lot about best ball in, in Masters Leagues, you know, over the last couple of years. They're huge now. Yeah. yeah. Do you know who created those? Who? Another, another feather in the another feather in the cap for Mr. In the 90s. Never thought it would come up to this. We did it just because people didn't want to work too hard at it back in the 90s. And now it's like yeah. a standard way of uh, playing and uh, – Preparing for drafts, but anyway, pleasure to be on the show. I gotta, I gotta remember, remember that one for next time. All right, Emil, Emil Cadlick, the commissioner of the Fantasy Football World Championships. If you have a dispute or an issue, Emil's the guy that's going to uh, oversee and take care of that issue for you, for us, the players, and for everybody that's involved. Uh, it's um, just always great to have somebody like a legend, uh, a godfather of the industry, on your side, and. and and an impartial, fair, and unbiased opinion on any subject that comes up because we've seen our fair share of controversy in the world of fantasy football. Let's finish out this first round, guys. We finally got through the first round. Uh, John Pace, truck, Dob, <coughs> excuse me, Tominator last year in his only main event league. That's saying something, guys. You jump into a fantasy football world championship league and you dominate it. Okay, drafted Dez, Antonio Brown, Stacy. I got to give you a hard time for Stacy, John. Uh, Edelman, Chris Johnson, Andrew Luck in the seventh. Okay, that, that's some, that's some good stuff right there. And uh, look, he he had a great. He had one of two Roto Bowls. Uh, finished 16th overall in the online championship. Great start uh, last year. Comes back this year with a vengeance from the 12 hole. Takes Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb and handcuffs his wide receivers. Uh, Corey, you handcuff wide receivers, you handcuff running backs. What do you think about Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb on the same team? Can they put up the type of numbers you need to uh, to win a fantasy league? We spoke about this on the Moto Express program this morning on Sirius X and Fantasy. And a matter of fact, we spoke about the same two players, Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb. Listen, yep. two excellent wide receivers. This year I'm ranking Cobb ahead of Nelson, even though I love Jordy. Nothing wrong with Jordy. A little bit of concern with the hips. If Aaron Rodgers misses four games, his top two draft picks are in the toilet. That's the problem yeah. with this right here. That's the problem with it. Other than that, yeah. I love the way he's put his team together. His team is excellent up to this point. But if Randall, if, if Aaron Rodgers happens to, you know, you know, you know, a torn rotator cuff, somebody step on the ankle, and Dominic Sue step in the stomach, who knows what could happen? But if Aaron Rodgers, who hasn't missed time in the past, misses three or four games this season. That's three or four weeks, but he's not getting no production from his top two draft picks. That's very dangerous, but it can work. Right. And, uh, Corey, uh, it, you know, if he's going to go ahead and draft uh, Jordy Nelson, uh, of course we see the draft board in front of us, but what would you, what would be your next pick after Jordy Nelson if it's not Randall Cobb? I would have I I went A.J. Green. I would have put the two out there. I would have put there Jordy go. Nelson and A.J. Green, and I started just like that. And I'd wait oh, for it to come yeah. back to me in the third round. I don't want any connection or involvement with anything to do with Andy Dalton uh, that early in my draft. I don't know. I don't know. It's just wait, me. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, hold on. He'll be fine. <laughs> no, hey, no. A.J. Green. A.J. AJ yeah, makes boom. things happen now. He got booed in his yeah. home stadium the other night. But A.J. Green is, yeah. is, is, is catch radius. Everything about A.J. Green is great. If Andy Dalton can get the ball to anybody, he can get it to A.J. Green. Yeah, I, I like I like that uh, I like that strategy of handcuffing those wide receivers like that. 
somebody that knows something about strategy is Nick. Now, we didn't mention, by the way, you don't, you guys don't have any faith in Scott Tolzine, by the way. I mean, come on. He, he, he can hold things down. Uh, our next guest, $150,000 in the title of world champion. That's the reality for our next guest, David Mackis. The 2014 Fantasy Football World Champion joins us today. Uh, David, welcome to uh, Red vs. Blue, buddy. David, are you with us? Come on, Dave. Uh, Do it. Let's, let's unmute him again and try to bring him back in here in just a second. Uh, but for those of you who don't know, David Mackis was the uh, one last year uh, his quarterback was Mark Sanchez. <laughs> you know, a lot of people think that, that might be funny, but yeah, Mark Sanchez in week 16, 27.9 fantasy points was kind of a force there for Philadelphia Eagles and Chip Kelly. He went 37 of 50 for 374 and a touch uh, in that week 16, the, the week that he needed him. Let's try, uh, but he also had a, a couple of other powerhouses that we've already talked about, the Le'Veon Bell, the Matt Forte, Odell Beckham, Kelvin Benjamin, Deshaun Jackson, Julius Thomas, Jonathan Stewart, Lamar Miller. That's the type of team you need to have to be a world champion. Let's try to get him back on again. David Mackis, can you hear us, David? Unmute, David. You've actually muted your phone, David. (laughs) Okay, we're going to try to ask David to call us right back. Maybe we can get him on. I'm going to disconnect him. Hopefully he can come on. Let's let's talk about the rest of the draft while we wait for the world champ to come back on, guys. Uh, right quick, I want to yep. say that team you yep. read off that won that the world championship last year. Yeah. If you yep. look at that team going into the season, that team looked pitiful. That team looked pitiful going into the season. That's why it's so many different ways to skin the fantasy cat. Did you say Johnson Stewart, Matt Forte? I mean Matt Forte. I mean he had the historic season with 102 catches, but that didn't. He hit with he hit with Beckham. Off the waiver wire, that was huge for him. And then he was able to get those weeks out of Sanchez down the stretch. But other than that, that team wasn't kind of like anything special on that team. He got, he, he got the break on Bell, drafted late in the season. So, you know, we're going to talk about these teams here tonight, and I'm going to give some of these teams negative grades. It doesn't mean that these teams are not going to be sitting in the winner's circle. Let's pull David back on. Let's see if we can get him uh, connected here. I, God, I do see okay. him back David. on. There he is. There he is. Now he's hey looking. You hey know, guys. sometimes those those cell phones just don't want to come through. I know. Sorry, guys. I hate to do that. I could hear you all, and I heard all the discussion. Can you hear me, Scott? We, we got you loud yeah. and clear, champ. Uh, good to have right, you uh, making your debut on Red versus Blue. Let's talk about this draft. Hopefully you you, you see it. Uh, we're, we're now – these guys are flying, by the way. These are pros. They're already in the ninth round, uh, and we're going to start no, breaking good. down some of these good. teams here from top to bottom. But what what do you see so far as the the champ kind of looking down on the competition here? Well, I was looking. I, I don't like luck over Roger. I think that's a, a big overbuy early. Uh, I don't like Indianapolis as much as a lot of people do. Uh, everybody likes Andrew Luck, but I don't like that team a whole bunch. And I went through a whole analysis today. I like Andrew Roger, uh, Aaron Rodgers a whole bunch better. I love the Roethlisberger pick in eighth round. Can you hear me, Scott? Yep. Yeah, love the Roethlisberger pick eight round. I think he's one of the top five for sure this year. That Pittsburgh offense will roll. Uh, I've gone yeah. through the I went I did a whole bunch of analysis on a lot of the different plays. Um, I think yeah, I don't like Marshawn Lynch in the eleventh spot. I heard that whole discussion. 
Uh, I think that's way too early. Uh, I think Jimmy Graham is going to is going to stuff a lot of that uh, value out of Lynch, and uh, you got you got to you got to you got to value that. They're going to change their offense a bit. Doesn't mean it's not going to be a factor, but you know, that's my thinking. So I'm just kind of throwing out stuff I remember because I'm not looking at my computer because I went outside to. No, no, it's, it's 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 great to have you on. Your co-manager, uh, Bill Cassano, you, the two of you teamed up, won the world championship last year, and uh, we did a story. Uh, Scout, you were featured on Scout.com recently, and they brought up uh, the fact how much you guys prepare for the draft, and it's we got so many emails from from players saying what what is this algorithm stuff all about. Talked about you updated your algorithm, one that had thousands of lines of code and measured several hundred variables. I mean, <laughs> this is not something that normal guys that play season long do. They like to sit down with their cheat sheet and their magazine, and uh, they like to draft the team. I know, I know. But when you're playing for 150, you take it more seriously. Look, I started out nine years ago, and I did it like everybody else. I kind of hunched it. I call it hunch betting or hunch picking. Things you like, guys you like, players you like, and a lot of it's legitimate. But when you get down to building a team of 10 starters and 20 players, you got to play sort of a, a composite uh, value. Like Sanchez is obviously nobody's first pick on anything. But the guy produced a net of 21 points. He and Cutler were our two quarterbacks. Big whoop, but we had a lot of production on everybody else. Of course, Odell Beckham was the, the, the wild card that you can't even value. 23 points a game. Um, so to me, it's about composite building rosters compositely, and it sounds silly. Um, I think the QBs are going too early. I think I think Gronkowski went too early. I don't think he factors in anywhere near what he was drafted in that live draft that he saw. He's a great player and he's terrific, but Edelman's almost worth as much, and he's gone way later. So. Uh, you know, you, you got you to gotta look at kind of net value here, guys. PPRs. Look at Matt Forte. We took him second last year. I'm sure people were like chuckling. That was a calculated pick. He had 102 yeah. receptions on Tressman's offense. 102. Don't denigrate. Marshawn Lynch has 37 catches. That is not even in the same planet. That's not even in the discussion point. you got to go PPR on these RBs. We had Bell, PPR, Monster, and we had Forte, PPR, Monster. Yep. Those are yeah. what you got to look for. So, uh, I mean, I'm, you know, obviously in retrospect, it worked. But yeah. the point yeah. is that you got to look at that. And, and uh, this is David Mackis, the fantasy football world champion, reigning world champ, back to defend his title this year. Uh, we got a, we had Dr. Roto on earlier. We had Amel on. We've got our fantasy exec, Corey Parson, and, of course, uh, Big Blue, Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent here. Uh, David Mack is a longtime Southern Californian, uh, deep ACC roots here. And I look at your, your waivers. Uh, Mark Sanchez was a you, – you kind of were tired of the Jay Cutler train, and so you decided to pick up your backup no, by dropping Foles and, and, and picking up Sanchez. No, good good point, though. No, actually, Foles got hurt. That's why we did it. My mistake oh. was drafting Foles early. We drafted him too early. Uh, got on the Foles train. He was average, well, nothing more. I forget what his 20 points or whatever he's doing per game. Uh, as soon as he got hurt, I, I, I said to my partner, I said, we got to go get Sanchez. 
Look, Chip Kelly is producing. He's he's a he's a prolific producer of points. LaShawn McCoy was a flame out last year. That's a that's a red flag for everybody's going to draft him this year. By the way, he's one of my overvalued players. Um, he looked bad last year. He was ducking. He was dropping low. He wasn't running like he used to. The guy was an awesome guy until last year. He looked awful. Now maybe it was because Chip Chip's offense. But we went and said, you know, we got to get Sanchez. We need somebody to take Cole's place. Cutler was serviceable. The two of them were 21 points. They're top 12 uh, producers. That's all you need. You know, the net, uh, Andrew Luck last year was number one at 25, 26 points, five points a game per average. But when you can make it up in other spots, uh, it's not a big deal. The QB, yeah. net, they were mediocre quarterbacks, but they were good enough. Corey, now, you've, got, uh, you've got your chance. Oh, go sorry. David, go ahead. Yeah, David, let me ask you um, – Sure. I, I I think Luck will finish his season as a top player in fantasy football. But when it comes to drafting quarterback in these leagues, it's all about it's all about value. Last year, Luck was mispriced in the seventh round of these drafts. You, you, you looking at the board this year and counting some of your research and analysis. Where's the mispriced quarterback at this year? Okay, I got Andrew Luck way down. I got I got Roethlisberger top of the heap, guys. Now now the, to answer your question, sir, and to answer Scott's point, which I didn't really answer. We built an algorithm. I built an algorithm over the last ten years, nine years, and it was. It's basically it, it. It works through a lot of differential points that everybody has to consider. Play mix is number one. Like pass run ratios, yards per each. Then the scoring propensities of each team are factored into it. For example, some teams score. By the way, every hundred yards, some teams score. Uh, you know, six points every 100 yards, something scores three and a half points every 100 yards. Those are factored in the best of our ability. And we're working on a essentially a forward-looking model, which is trying to get essentially the offensive coordinator's propensities or the head coach, depending on who it is, propensities. All these factors in evaluation, I think Luck's overvalued badly, okay? I like Aaron Rodgers up at the top, and I was telling Scott today this, uh, the, I can go through the details of kind of how I get there, but it's it's a lot of boring stuff. It's just all numbers and crunching and factors and ratios. But I like Roethlisberger a lot. Even with Le'Veon Bell out, I still pick him as the number one running back. Even with him out for three games, he's still going to score as much as anybody. They just got a they got a whale of an offensive team there, guys. Antonio Brown is a beast. Remember, it's it's the whole composite offensive line's good. Wide receivers are good. Running backs are good. This creates a composite value there, and that creates a metric, an output. So you really love that stuff. Um, I like Bradford. Now, this is going to sound ridiculous. Bradford and Palmer this year, way undervalued, and I'll tell you why. Obviously, they have to have the wheels on, and they have to be running. they got to be playing, and we've got the whole camp and preseason coming up. So we're going to see how they go, and, and we'll – We'll factor that in, but Bradford and, and Palmer are, are you know, Bradford. I watched it. I went back and looked at his films last time. I watched him play the guys. He, he uh, there's a reason Chip Kelly picked him up. The guy's not a moron. This guy can sling it. Now, wide receivers, and eh, that's a weird ass offense over there. Demarco Murray, et cetera, et cetera. Idolor rookie, but he can sling it, and the guy's going to really let him do it. Uh, and I like Palmer just because he's got he's got the weapons. That offensive line is beast mode. I got to jump in. Um, Pittsburgh Steelers, 
you know, you rattle off a bunch of names, which I, I totally love every one of the names that, that you rattled off, but they're 25 to one to win the Super Bowl. They're about the Arizona Cardinals. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, Steelers, Steelers. Well, yeah. remember, we're talking and, fantasy you know, football and, here. Well, we're talking, well that, that's where I'm going. That's where I'm going now. Hang on. Uh, you know, there's a lot of names that you rattled off, but these guys are 25 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Now, they're going to put up some solid stats throughout the season. When is the point? that you pull the plug and say, okay, well, uh, they're not going to continue to do it because, let's face it, they're going to lay down. I mean, this is the NFL. Well, they, they fought to the end last year. I mean, they were right in it to the end last year, the Steelers. They weren't they weren't uh, doormats. Now, that's in a tough division of fairly almost everybody's even in the match except for Cleveland, who everybody I think would say is a clear fourth position. Um, you've got a great tradition. Cincinnati can't win a playoff game, but they're competitive. I don't see Pittsburgh sort laying down at all. Now, I mean, remember, Roethlisberger is what does he want? He's been in what four Super Bowls and won three or something like that. I can't remember. Been in three and won two. Uh, you know, he knows how to win and play. He's a big beast. Le'Veon Bell is a phenomenal asset. Phenomenal. Right. I would take him over. Adrian Peterson, Jamal Charles, LaShawn McCoy. I went through the list today and looked at him. He's phenomenal. Last year, he carried us, uh, as long as he's healthy, of course. Uh, he's just terrific, and he's in a three-down offense, which is what you got to get, and he catches and runs with it. I mean, Antonio mm-hmm. Brown threw a touchdown pass to him last year. It's, it's you know, I, I, the PPR format, I, you just can't undervalue these guys that catch and run. He's, he's, there's too valuable. You, so Pittsburgh, you, you've given us uh, you, you've given us a lot to think about, uh, Champ. Uh, I don't think anybody came in here thinking they were going to have questions about where they draft Andrew Luck versus the value they can get on Roethlisberger. But uh, it's true. Look, there's uh, Roethlisberger is going to throw 400 times too, and uh, you know there, there's going to be a lot of production for both of those players, but, and you're going to have to pay a, a top price for one of them. I think, what about the wheels, David? Uh, the wheels on Andrew Luck, and when I say, I meant completions on Andrew Luck 400, uh, but the wheels on Andrew Luck, uh, there's no comparison between the ground game that Luck is going to provide versus Roethlisberger. No, you're totally right. And, you know, I factor that in. So he, you got to figure, you, I'm not looking at my charts, but I'm just going to set, tell you, Andrew Luck will give you maybe 30 yards on the ground a game, 25. I mean, that's a good running quarterback. Russell Wilson is the yeah. exception. He'll go maybe, he'll go 55 a game, okay, maybe. Aaron Rodgers will go 30, 25 to 30 a game. I and mean, these guys, absolutely valuable. Can't, I don't denigrate that at all. I don't like a lot of what Luck has around him, though. Mathematically, oh, okay. I don't think that Indianapolis offense is quite what people think it will be. I mean, you got you got yeah. you got T.Y. Fleener and you know Allen, et cetera. Uh, Reggie's gone. Uh, running back Trent's gone. You got uh, I'm trying to think of the running back is off the top of my head. Who's the running back in Indianapolis? Frank Gore. Um, Gore. 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 Gore's going to make a difference, guys. Thirty. He's thirty-two. Last year, I was I lived in Berkeley, <laughs> and when I won the championship. I said to my Oakland Gore's from Oakland, went to Cal, and you know I'm a Cal guy, California guy. I said, 
Frank Gore. They said, oh, Frank Gore's got three years left. I said, Frank Gore's got three games left. <laughs> three games. I mean, come on. Come on. He got his contract. Okay, you're, down, you're, you're down on the coast, but I, they got two future Hall of Famers on the team, or three with Andrew Luck, the, the best player in the NFL. And you just look at what he's going to be able to do, Frank Gore, in red zone. He leaves Greg yeah. Roman, who didn't throw him the football. Frank Gore possesses the ass for the catching passes. I understand he's long in the tooth, but he's going to be able to finish off driving that high power offense in the red zone. Not to mention, he's going to catch 35 to 40 passes this year. Andrew Luck going to throw the ball 600 times. He may throw the ball more well, than Ben Roethlisberger. You're putting, you're putting, you're uh, okay. Good points, but you're putting Gore in par with Le'Veon. Le'Veon's 24. No, he's not. No, he's not. no of course not. Of course not. Le'Veon Bell is one one. No, I mean, and the point I'm making is that you got, you got to rate that in there. Gore, Gore can't take. Look, he's a, he's a gamer. He's a warrior. Gore's going to try really hard, but he's 32. And you watch yeah. it, 28 is the peak. 28 is the peak. Statistically, it's the peak. They all, everybody drops, you know, 15, 20% at 29, 30, whatever. Adrian Peterson's kind of the freak because he took a year off. Uh, so we, we're not sure about a- a- AP. I love Teddy Bridgewater. They got a nice cast around them. But, you know, wh- who, what's AP going to be this year? I think, first of all, they're shifting to the pass a little bit more. That's one of the reasons AP is not going to get what everybody thinks he's going to get. He ain't going to be running 3,000 yards. So, <laughs> Charles, you know, you got Johnson, Wallace, Rudolph. You got a nice core there. Uh, you got McKinnon coming out in third down backfield. I just think don't overvalue AP. All those early running back, get, running back guys, everybody loves them, and I understand why. Because I went through my chart today in prep for this call, and they are just they. It, it's a rocket ship drop to Pluto zero. After the first, you know, I mean, the running backs just drop down to nothing. That's why the wide receivers are where it's at. Mm. And uh, David, unless you get the unless you get a couple guys. Shoot. David Meckes, the fantasy football world champion, breaking down Andrew Luck, Frank Gore, uh, and others. You uh, you got to respect the science. It's um, it's a it's a numbers game. David, thank you for joining Red vs. Blue, Bubba. Uh, appreciate your time today, and uh, we will see you hopefully in Vegas. Yes, sir. Thanks, guys. Enjoy meeting all of you. Thank you, man. Bye-bye. All right. David Mackis, the fantasy football world champion. Hard on my Indianapolis Colts here, Corey. It's kind of hard to take when, you know, we just had Philip Wilson on SiriusXM talking about the numbers that the Colts are going to put up this year and, and uh, you know, the, the, the way the offense is going to set up. And, and he's just saying, you know, Roethlisberger late, you know, take, take the guys that you know are going to put up those numbers. He's not, not high on my Colts. No, well, we know you got to pay the premium price for Luck this upcoming season. We'll talk about where he went in this draft. I think actually is about right. Um, you have to pay the premium price for Luck this year. He doesn't. He's not going to come as a value, but you can associate with that value with a guy like Roethlisberger. I understand that point, but you know, to say that the, the offense is not, I don't get that. It's T. Y. Hilton, it's Fleener, and Allen, and you know, yeah, and Andre no. Johnson, the Hall of Famer. It's you know, it's, you, you these are these are not. You know, this is no. not. This ain't this, this is not this ain't Yancey Tinkin. These are Corey. Corey, I'm with I, you. I, I think I think they break I think they break numbers. Definitely they break records this year that often. Yeah. Corey, Corey, this team is built to win a championship. Exactly. They're, they're they're built to win an NFL Super Bowl. And to say, uh, I don't get it. I mean, because but he's a they, champ. I but mean, he's a champ, though. 
but he's a champ, so well, yeah, you know, he's, he's not, right. That's, that's right. okay. That's he's, okay. He's got, he's, he's, got, he's got the big check. He's got the big check. Yeah. And like Scott well, said earlier, I, I understand that. Yeah. I haven't done it either. <laughs> maybe we can split it this year. I, know. I don't know. We can we can do one this year, but uh, I understand where he's coming from. But I I do not understand his uh, philosophy because uh, the bottom line is Indy is built to win a championship this year. Yeah. Well, look, we had Philip Wilson from the from the from Colt Blitz uh, on the the Colts publisher for Scout dot com. He said it's going to be an amazing offensive year for the Indianapolis Colts. I don't think there's any many that question that, although that, that our, our champ, David Mankus, has some uh, outer rhythm uh, work, and, and maybe I think it factors uh, against the guys like Gore and Andre Johnson affecting the offense, especially if they're not on the field to be able to help. Well, now we get to see what Dante Moncrief's all about, and we get to see uh, what Philip Dorsett's all about. The, the, well, the rave, uh, and again, we're, we're only in pads, but Philip Wilson said that Dorsett is amazingly fast, and they can't wait to see him on the field at the same time with T.Y. Hilton in an offense where Andrew Luck can hit you the second you get open, uh, uh, Mike. And the, the, the fun thing is. about it, the fun thing about it, Scott and Corey, is, uh, you know, we're, we're projecting things on, uh, what what is it, July 17th, and uh, yep. Yep. so we might be dead wrong, and he might be dead right. So, you yeah, never know. Absolutely. All right. Yep. We're going to get uh, finally to breaking down the rest of this draft, but real quick, uh, got to got to pay some bills. Are you ready to dominate? Scout fantasy is the next big thing in fantasy sports, top to bottom, wall to wall fantasy coverage. Sounds like serious XM. In addition to player ranking sleepers yeah. and videos by Doctor Roto, we've bulked up our expert staff with real money winners like the phenom Tommy G, Sean Childs, and the executive Corey Parson. We are simply on another level. Let us prove it. Visit scoutfantasy.com. Use the promo code Red Blue Three. Sign up for one month and get three months free. ScoutFantasy.com, promo code REDBLUE3. Okay. Paying the bills. Now, uh, let's move on to the rest of this draft. We have a couple of callers. Uh, I think there's some participants here. 732. 732. That might be uh, right out of the one hole, Mike Weber. Mike, you started off this draft with Demarius Thomas and uh, kind of shocked the world here so far tonight, brother. Yeah, I know. I mean, there's there's a few reasons I did it. Um, First and foremost, when you're drafting 15, 20 leagues a year, you don't want the yeah. same guys in every single team. But You're on the clock, by the more, way. More so. Um, the real issue is, you know, I want somebody who's safe, who has incredible upside. Yeah. And I don't think you get any safer than Demarius Thomas. I mean, he, he's sure. as safe as it gets, and he's got huge a huge ceiling. So that's my, that's my logic in that pick. Let's read off Michael Weber's uh, web slinger, the one hole, his draft tonight. Started with Demarius Thomas, came back with Jeremy Hill and Andrew Luck. Now that's a nice turn from the end of the first round. From from starting at the one hole, you get you your running back, which you could have went wide receiver heavy here with maybe a Brandon Cooks or a T.Y. Hilton, T.Y. Hilton Luck combo. But you figured, I guess, at the end of the fourth round, you're not going to have much running backs there. So you go ahead and take your anchor in Hill and get your stud quarterback in Andrew Luck. You got to be pretty pleased with it to start, eh? I am, and you know, I disagree a little bit with um, your your last guest talking about Andrew Luck. I mean, I normally don't yeah. take quarterbacks that high, but yeah. the way I look at it, if there is a player, a quarterback out there that has the potential to have a Peyton Manning type season, it's Andrew yeah. Luck in that offense indoors. Um, I mean, I could easily yeah. see fifty touchdown passes with a guy like that. Aaron Rodgers, 
I think we've seen his ceiling. And with Eddie Lacy in that lineup, I think he's going to vulture, you know, at least nine, ten touchdowns. So that's that's what I was thinking with the Andrew Luck pick. Yeah. Well, look, Luck seems to be the fantasy darling all around the fantasy world, Corey. And uh, look, when the when the world champ uh, comes out, if you know, he could have came in with an interview and gave us all safe answers, but he didn't. He said, "Look, I got this algorithm." He mentioned the thousand lines of code back in the day, and I was like, "Good God, you're going to scare all my customers off." But all of a sudden. All of a sudden, he comes out and he throws some strong language that says, "I'm not buying Andrew Luck, so I'm the world champ." And I'm telling you, don't take the what you're calling the best player in the game right now. Yeah, I, like I, don't, it. I respect I, it. I, I don't think I'll be taking a quarterback that high in Vegas, quite honestly. But uh, you know, in, in some of these other online leagues, you know, you've got to take chances here and there and do some different things yeah. and hopefully uh, get some good free agents. During the I want to talk to you, uh, Webb, about your web slinger. Uh, about yeah. your wide receiver depth. Of course, you, you were able yeah. to jump out strong with the Marius Thomas at 1-1. I'm a yeah. big, big Mike Wallace guy. Nobody else seems to be. But when you look at Watkins with quarterback questions, Larry Fitzgerald with conduct, uh, with, with production questions, uh, Brian Quick just questions. Yeah, I, Kenny Briggs, same I, thing with St. Louis I, I, wide receiver. I don't necessarily disagree with you, but when you see what was left on the board at that point, okay, Sammy Watkins, I mean, if you get some semblance of a quarterback situation, he's going to produce. He's the only weapon in that offense in the, in the passing game for the most part. Wallace, I like this year a lot uh, with Adrian Peterson back. I agree. I think, we can, the, I think we can see the old Wallace come back uh, from a few years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, you know, when you have the upside of that Dallas Cowboy running attack, whichever one ends up starting, you know, I'll have to pick up a guy. I'm going to have to pick up a receiver okay. on the waiver wire. I mean, I like it. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Hey, look, he backed up. He, he got his, uh, uh, Mike, he got his Dallas backfield with Randall and McFadden. Now, granted, it might not be on the roster right now. It could be uh, Christine Michael getting cut. Uh, I heard Doc say that the other Michael gets cut and then all of a sudden gets uh, signed by the Cowboys. You never know about what Jerry Jones is thinking. Uh, but, but Randall is a lot of people's breakout player candidate, Mike. What do you think about getting uh, the Dallas Cowboy backfield as it stands right now in the fifth and the seventh? With Randall and McFadden, I you know honestly I don't like it. Um, okay. I think it's going to be nothing but nothing but passing and passing and passing and uh, goal line offense uh, might be winning. Uh, you know, it's just going to be. Uh, I'm, I'm, well, I'm just well, going to be honest with you, know, you, Scott. Well, I don't like it. I'm, a, I'm okay is, with it. One of the things that I have to say about you have to look at that NFC East. That NFC East has a bunch of really, really bad defenses. With that yeah, mammoth true, yeah. offensive line, they're going to run the ball. They're, they don't have that awesome. offensive line just to sit back and do nothing. They're going to run and yeah. push people around. Well, the, the Giants, they just lost their best defensive player. Uh, and I like There's them. nobody left. No, and that, I and like that, that's an excellent point. That's a very good point because uh, that's the reason that they uh, let DeMarco Murray go. It's basically, yeah. well, you know, we we don't need DeMarco. We got our offensive line. We're good to go, whether it yeah. be Joseph Randall or uh, whoever, uh, uh, Darren McFadden or Mike Trent, Scott Atkins, uh, Callen, <laughs> who, whoever it is. You yeah, know, I, I, I might mean, have to come we, out of retirement and run again. Run yeah. <laughs> we just, basically plug and play. But uh, yeah. Yeah. but I still, I, I, I just, I have an issue. I have an issue because yeah. – uh, those guys are special players. 
Okay, yeah. okay, Mike. Now, now right. you're not going to rip my first uh, player, my first player guys. Now, hey, uh, Mike, great job on the draft. Julius Thomas, you you got you get your St. Louis wide receivers late. One of those guys might work out, and then you got a little uh, Moncrief action going on. If you get an Andre Johnson injury, which he'll probably sit some games this year, uh, yeah. good chance of that at his age. You've got you got your little stud there to pair up with Andrew Luck. Great job, great job, Mike. We'll uh, we appreciate Thanks, you coming guys. on, man. Talk to you later. All right. I like it, Mike. Uh, look, Corey, he could have he could have came on uh, on the first pick of the draft and, and just went chalk. He's on tonight, big profile draft, taking Demarius Thomas and making making a move there. I I uh, I really like I really like seeing that. Uh, we, I, we get, I, we get I, I like the for the right. pick without worrying about the wide receiver depth on, on on the wide receiver depth on the team. When you take Demarius at one one, you come back and you build that wide receiver core. You make that that wide receiver one, that wide receiver two, and that wide receiver three the crux of your team. Yeah, let's let's bring on. Look, we're running a little bit behind, so I gotta I gotta breeze through these guests real quick. Christian Brommel is joins us next. Harry Mary Monk, the two hole. Uh, Chris, you took you took Peterson, Forsett, and Hopkins, the first three pick. Come back with Latavius Murray and Carlos Hyde. Four out of your first five picks are running backs. You do know you have to start three wide receivers every single week in the in the, in the World Championship. Oh, I know the one gets everything I stand for. I figured this. Like you know what? I know everyone's gonna go wide receivers. My my against the flow, they'd say. You're gonna you're gonna go the other way. Well, let, let's look at the wide receivers because now you have the best running backs uh, in the league by far. You've got DeAndre Hopkins, who everybody loves right now, in the third round. Your second wide receiver. I would think you're gonna play it safe and get somebody you know you can count on. But you go the opposite direction and take Rashad Perryman, who a lot of dynasty players are on. But uh, talk about that pick in year one, Chris. Why'd you do it? I don't think Steve Smith's going to have a grudge this year. I think he's going to be kind of on a downward spiral. He's on the yeah. opposite side of 34, 35, and they're going to need number one wide receiver, and I think this gentleman can step in for Torrey Smith, who went to San Francisco. Torrey, uh, he we, makes a good point here. Steve Smith was really tailing off last year, and Flacco's going to sling it. Steve Smith did wear down, down the stretch towards the end of last season, but I want to ask you about, uh, on your on your two three turn after you started off with the dual running backs with Peterson and Forsett, locking up a lot of receptions there with both of those players and solid running back play. When you came back on your turn, um, you took DeAndre Hopkins. You left Brandon Cook sitting on the board though. I'm talking about the high train on Brandon Cooks is rolling right now. What made you select Hopkins over Cook? Huh? Yeah, the catch the catch rate at least seventy two percent. I think I read on in my research, and I just like yeah. him better than. The change of velocity down in New Orleans. I think they're going to be more run-oriented offense, and I think it's a good value pick. But I think at the end of the day, Hopkins can be maybe a top ten, top eight wide receiver. He's right there. It's 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 uh, splitting the hairs, uh, Chris. Uh, and then you took your tight ends late, Safarian Jenkins uh, and Max Williams, the rookie. Man, look, you can tell you're a dynasty guy. Get out of here, man. Look. Doriel Green, Beckham in the pen, uh, Perryman. You got, uh, you know, how many rookies we need here? Uh, but no, I like them. They're good players. Uh, we we had Greg Arias on the Tennessee Titans publisher, and he told us on the show on SiriusXM the other morning. He said that uh, he's expecting Kendall Wright and Harry Douglas to actually lead this team uh, from the wide receiver position to to allow these young kids a, a chance to grow. But I love the up. You, you love the upside here with Green Beckham. I do. That's yeah. It was a bad habit last year in one of your high stakes leagues. I took Cordell Patterson with the second pick, and Odell Beckham Jr. in the 18th round, and 
I vowed I was not going to make that same mistake again this year. Yeah, at least you're taking risks later in the draft this year. You're not taking them in the second. You take them in the tenth. You know that's when you can take a risk. And who knows with with rookie wide receivers? Maybe you've got lightning in a bottle there. Chris, thanks for joining us, Bubba. We really appreciate you coming on, and uh, good luck this year in all the scout fantasy leagues. Good luck, Chris. Yep, good luck, buddy. Yeah, man, this is – look, you, you, you do see when the dynasty players come in, they tend to take a shot on those rookies that you do fall because you believe in the upside. And, look, we saw it last year. There's nothing to say that we might not see it again. Statistically, it usually doesn't happen, but there's no arguing that this class that we just saw, Corey, is just as talented, if not more talented, than last year's class coming in. What was it, five wide receivers or six wide receivers drafted in the first round? And we haven't even talked about the Devontae Parkers and, you know, those guys yet that were drafted. Right. You know, and I guess we'll see the tell that it really will be able to tell for fantasy purposes next year at this time. Because you look at all the, the breakout rookie wide receivers from last season, they all pushed toward the top of the draft board. Guys like Mike Evans in the second, and of course Odell in the first, and, and you got Kelvin Benjamin in the third, and Brandon Cooks in the third, and Martavia Bryant in the fifth. So, young you guys, young guys. Pushes up the draft board, then you'll see um, kind of, you know, that that actually holds up being true. You know, historic type class last year is a few of the rookie wide receivers I do like this year, but I'll be honest with you, fellas, I'm leaving alone, and Perriman is a guy I'm not targeting at all. Well, what <laughs> I totally agree with you, Corey. One thing about it, uh, Corey and Scott, is that uh, parity has uh, set in with the NFL, and it's set in with fantasy football because there is – you know, it's hard to figure the best team. I mean, you can you can run all the numbers you want, but it's it's going to take a uh, it's going to take a mastermind to figure out what it's going to be this yeah. year because I, I, I'm got, seeing it's all over the board. It's a great looking draft. We've got Jeff Odell coming up. We've got Frank Mascow coming up at the, a little after ten thirty, and then John Howe at ten forty five. Let's bring in Jeff Odell, Jeff. Uh, you're no bozos here. You're the you're the four pick. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, Demarco Murray, fantastic combination to start the draft. T. Y. Hilton, C. J. Spiller, loving what you're doing. There's a lot of receptions for Spiller to fill that Pierre Thomas role. Then you take your shot. Fifth round, Martavis <laughs> Bryant. Out of all the players that were on the board, he was the guy that uh, you decided would be your fifth pick and your number two wide receiver. A lot of teams are scared. A lot of players that I've talked to, and, and me included. We're kind of scared. We saw the touchdown upside and the big go-up-and-get-the-ball mentality, but in that offense, he's just not getting enough looks and enough catches. You know, um, I was, you know, for a guy like that to move up my board a little bit uh, in the draft season, I'm looking for some, you know, something to have some faith in. And, I, you know, he put, I think he he, he uh, put on some weight. Uh, you know, I think he's going to, you know, I think he's been working with, uh, you know, Big Ben a little bit more. I think he's serious about his time in the NFL. He's not taking it lightly. And uh, I think he'll be able to hold off Coates and Wheaton. And I think as uh, as Corey and others have said tonight, I think that Pittsburgh offense is about to unload on some people this year. It's it's mature. They haven't had any changes in a few years. And I think Big Ben's going to have more uh, freedom than he's ever had this year. Mm. Boy, and with an Antonio Brown injury, you've got yourself one heck of a player there. Uh, I want to go round table with this, uh, this selection. Uh, Mike, it's the, the three wide receivers I want to ask you about, Martavis Bryant, Nelson Aguilar, and Allen Robinson. Those are the three guys that are at the top of my board at this point in the draft. Uh, w- which one of the three would you have went with looking at, uh, looking at Jeff's team? I, I would have probably went with uh, 
Aguilar. Okay. Uh, Corey, those three receivers, Mark Davis, Aguilar, or Allen Robinson, which which one of those three would you have taken? I, I, I've done some drafts with my man before. I've seen him in a lot of the leagues that I've been in. So um, kind of know the way he kind of likes to roll. So probably see him go this running back heavy this early. But I would have went with Aguilar, too, because I need a little bit more reception upside. Uh, I yep. look at T.Y. as a down-the-hill guy, even though Luck's going to throw the ball a ton. I think Andre Johnson yeah. – dominates those targets this upcoming season. T.Y. still is going to get his, don't get me wrong. But I think Aguilar can give you the touchdowns that Bryant can give you and probably give you about 20 to 25 receptions more. Yeah. Now, Jeff, uh, again, I, I, I think I agree with those two guys that I would have taken Aguilar. But when I start to think about it, and I slow my roll here for a second, we haven't yeah. seen it from Aguilar yet. We're, we've only seen what we saw at USC. And Ryan Abraham, awesome publisher from USC at Scout, he, he is all aboard the Aguilar train, uh, and he could be the most talented receiver, but he didn't show he hasn't shown it yet. And Bryant has. You give him that one year under his belt, I mean, if he's going to be a hard worker and, and, and take advantage of this playbook and, and knowing this offense, he's going to be much better in his year, too. So I'm, I'm almost, as I'm listening to it and thinking about it, I'm almost kind of side with you that maybe Bryant's a smarter pick there. You know, and and even I think everybody's right, and I think Allen Robinson even deserves, even though he went later, and I and I believe that uh, uh, the team almost got Allen Rob- Yeah, I mean that was a great deal on Allen Robinson when Black Sheep got yeah. there. I I love that pick. Uh, I would have uh, yeah. looked at him, uh, him and Roddy there, and, and not sure who I would have came out with uh, looking at that. I'm, I'm always worried about the older guys, you know, possibly getting hurt. But uh, yeah, good points, and you know Aguilar, he could uh, he could come right in. I, I think Matthews is best suited for where he was at last year, and if Aguilar can prove that he's an ex-receiver, um, he can be everything that you guys are saying he is. Let well, me go back and about talk it. about that. Well, one second, Mike. Well, let me go back. I'll, I'll give you the next one. I want to go back to the first-round pick because it's Le'Veon Bell. Had you known that you had DeMarco Murray sitting there for you in the second round, would you have <laughs> went, Dez? Oh, man, if I'd have known I had Murray. Uh, you know, I'm not really – I know the whole uh, – overuse uh, theory about uh, running backs that are in, you know, I think, I think Dickerson's the only one that's ever really overcame it. Maybe, maybe Emmett once. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I just, I, I'm, I'm kind of the guy that says, Hey, you know, it doesn't happen until it happens. So yeah, if I'd known I was getting Murray, uh, if I thought, Hey, if I thought I was going to get Murray and maybe a four setter Hill came back to me, as four set has several times this year, I would have definitely taken a wide receiver. Um, I was really uh, so you want to get you want to get two receive two running backs in the first three rounds. Even in this format, I'd love to start out with uh, two and three in the first five. Now, I ended up with Spiller because I thought he was the best pick, but I was hoping Edelman fell to me there. Not a sexy pick. Almost. I mean, his projections are hard to argue with. Right. Well, I, well, I, I tell you, I tell you what, right now, Jeff. Uh, you know, it's it's fun to do this speculation. Uh, this is uh, what July. 17th yeah. and uh man you you've created a hell of a team and uh, I, I really look yeah, forward yeah. to uh look seeing what happens moving forward just keep on doing what you're doing man i appreciate it mike hey i try to always get in a draft man where i get to get your feedback this will be the third time uh that i've gotten you usually like my teams except that year that i started out with two tight ends you gave me all kinds of all kinds of hell <laughs> <on my head. laughs> jeff let me ask no, you a question I, right quick I noticed you got a, a pair of a pair of veteran veteran quarterbacks on the team. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna be honest with you. Brady I cannot... was, let me let me tell you right now, Corey, Brady was Yeah, please, please, defensive. please. 
you know, I, you, you know how I'm, you know, I'm down on both of these guys coming into this upcoming season, and you yep. snagged both of them. So uh, this <laughs> kind of kind of talk me through your quarterback strategy. <laughs> well, I, I, I believe in Peyton. I, I, I believe he's a legend. I don't think he's going to forget how to play uh, overnight. I, I think he's going to give us one more good year, maybe two. Uh, you never know. Um, but I think in the eighth round, I'm used to taking him in the sixth. Um, I think getting him in the eighth was a surprise. I would have definitely taken Roethlisberger also if he had fallen that far. Um, but then Brady was a defensive pick. Uh, I, I don't like to take two quarterbacks in this format. Um, but I just didn't see uh, a lot of sense in letting him fall to somebody that didn't have one. And I'm talking to okay. you, Chris, if you're listening. <laughs> my, my, my dynasty buddy, you was not getting Brady, Chris. <laughs> it looks like – I mean, look, I love the picks through the first. I, I probably have a weakness for Dez. I probably would have taken Dez. Came back, I don't mind the Murray pick at all there. Hilton, I probably – I can't argue with that. I come back, I see C.J. Spiller sitting in my I, – I probably take him too. Things might happen a little differently in the fifth. But then uh, you go old school. You go Roddy White, Greg Olson, Peyton Manning, Victor Cruz. Uh, Devontae yeah, yeah. Parker, who I absolutely love, uh, I think in the second half of the season – this kid, yeah. everybody is going to absolutely love his He's going to be a go starter. up and get the ball I, mentality, know, his yards after the catch. This is not just the Louisville fan in me. I watched every game of his career. Yep. I think in the second half of the season, he's going to be ripping and roaring uh, fantasy owners. And yep. I'm almost, I'm, I'm ready to own my first Dolphins jersey, Mike, uh, in uh, in honor in honor of Rach and uh, for Devontae Parker. I'm going to have a Dolphins jersey by the time I get to Vegas. Hey, uh, hey, uh, real quick, Scott. Shout out to my fantasy buddy in Tampa, Ivan, uh, Ivan Peaks. He, um, I kind of got away from Devontae when he had that little injury bug there yep. uh, uh, a month or so ago. I'm not real quick to come back to guys that are injured. In a few drafts, me and Ivan usually kind of sit together in the drafts on the phone, on speakerphone, and kind of talk through them when one of us is drafting. And he started kind of getting me back to Devontae, and I'm glad he did because I think it's a great pick right about now. Nicely done. And then a little Duke Johnson, little Duke Johnson, little Philip Borsett, got you some rookies. Uh, yep. The dynasty players coming out on you, uh, and, <laughs> and it always does. Uh, but, look, 20K in the playoff contest, that had to feel good, brother. You drafted your teams. You had a, uh, an amazing finish in the Super Bowl, squaring up against Chad Schroeder. You had another top team right there, I remember. It was fascinating to watch, and I, and, I, and I couldn't have been happier to see you get that $20,000 uh, playoff check, man. Well done. Best moment I've ever had in fantasy football uh, was on that oh, last drive in the Super Bowl. Wonderful. It was incredible. I, I, you know, I probably should have hung it up right there because I don't know that I'll ever relive a moment like that in, uh, in fantasy football. It's great. It's absolutely fantastic. Jeff, great job. Well done tonight, and uh, we'll, we'll see you in the draft room soon, brother. Take care, guys. See you, Jeff. All right. I like, the, I like that team uh, that he was putting together. Uh, guys, real quick, we got to pay some bills again. Scout Fantasy, new home for season-long fantasy football. Voted the best draft room by the players and the best live event by the Fantasy Sports Trade Association. Drafts going on every night. $35 starter league drafting goes. Qualifiers, satellite leagues. Maybe Dynasty's your thing, like Jeff O'Dell. There's nothing like the World Championship of Dynasty, where we'll crown our first ever Dynasty King. We've got the Mid-States Online Championships, and then, of course, what we consider to be the best contest in the world, the Fantasy Football World Championship. Look, Mike and I, Corey, we all know it's a lottery when it comes to that top prize. We've played in these contests for years. So we jam-packed each and every league with a $10,000 dominator prize for the league champ. We got an 11-man starting lineup where the deepest lineups are rewarded week in and week out. 
a 13-week regular season. There's no short season here. There's no one-week all-or-nothing game where Andrew Luck's going to lay an egg for you. The four best teams in every league advance for the $150,000 grand prize. We've got the best blind bidding interface anywhere. It doesn't take you much time. And on my lineups page on Sunday morning to manage all your lineups, come see what all the buzz is about. Visit scoutfantasy.com where the best players play. Play scoutfantasy.com. Okay. Moving on, this draft is going great, guys. They're in the 16th round. These guys are absolute yeah, pros. They're yeah, veterans. Blind. I mean, they're, this, this draft's going to be done in two hours. They really know what they're doing. I absolutely love it. Let's bring on our next guest, Corey and uh, Mike, from the 925. That, that means you have to yeah, you got to turn your radio down, John. Uh, that, that's a delay. We've got a little bit of a delay. John, are you with us? John Howe. Yes, I am. Awesome, my man. Side black sheep from the five hole. What? Well, let me ask you this, John. Did you have any preconceived notions about where you were going to draft from, from one to twelve? We haven't talked about a draft order much at all this year, guys. Uh, was it was it on your mind at all where you were going to draft from? Um, well, in, in what regards, I mean, as is who I was going to pick from uh, position five, or did it matter if I was going to pick anywhere? He sounds worse than me. Yeah, like anywhere, anywhere you drafted, like that's what I meant. Yeah, one pick, twelve well, pick. Did you care? Um, to be honest, if I was going to be later in the rounds, I would have went wide receiver, wide receiver. I think that the uh, that the uh, the propensity for someone in that particular wide receiver, let's just say, if I was ten through twelve, I probably come on, John, you can do it. Uh, Julio Jones, and then on the way back, perhaps to be Jordy Nelson. But, however, I honestly am baffled by the fact that uh, Arian Foster fell all the way back. So I have essentially, potentially, the number one uh, wide receiver and then, you know, maybe perhaps even the top three running back. Uh, Although, obviously, he has to stay healthy. But, um, I mean, and then another arguably uh, number one quarterback. Um, And then... You know, everyone's talking about wide receiver, and I just kind of want to chime in on that. I feel as if, let's just say you threw a portfolio, and this is stock-orientated. If you were to throw uh, a uh, stock portfolio out there and you were to throw a bunch of wide receivers in there, that is your most high-risk, high-reward. Uh, wide receivers essentially will, you know, make or break your team. Um, whereas when you go running back and you have a solid base running back, you're going to be more level-headed. You know they're getting the ball. You know they're going to be getting touches. So I feel as if, you know, my strategy getting, you know, uh, a lot of these running backs was pretty vital to my strategy. And not only that, I feel as if a very overlooked stat is uh, uh, the um, possible yards or all-purpose yards, catching, running. You know, a lot of my players, I would say, consider at least 1,200 all-purpose yards. To me, you know they're getting the ball. You know they're getting their yards. So I feel like it's uh, that. That was essentially my strategy going in here. John takes Alfred Morris. Last year you took Alfred Morris. You get him again this year in the fourth round as the 16th running back off the board. He finished his RB 16. Are you projecting the offense to do more this year? Just about the same, or what, what's your what's your thinking there? And you know what? That's actually a great question. I almost felt like that was coming. Um, You know, I would have to say yes. How how could you not say Alfred Morris 
could go below what he did prior to last year. So I would say I'm satisfied with what he has done, but the only thing to do from this point is to move forward and get accumulate more points. So, and not only that, I think that they, and you know, Roy Halu, he honestly was the most frustrating thing last year. He took a lot of points from uh, Alfred Morris, and he's gone now. Uh, and I know they picked up a running back in the draft, but Alfred Morris, to me, is a clear-cut starter. So I think that they're just going to, you know, mule-haul Alfred Morris. And I'm very happy with that pick, to be honest. Let me ask you, are you expecting the bounce-back season from RG3? Um, um, you know what I am, to be honest? I think I think that RG3 can only go up from where he would last year. I mean, his last year's performance was dismal. So um, I would no, actually say RG3. I, I was asking that, that because I feel as if, you know, in order, in order to take Morris there and pass on CJ Spiller, you know, you, I think you, I think you're looking for a big bounce back season from Robert because if Robert gets it right, I agree with you. Alfred Morris is going to have a monster year, but so much of his value is tied into Robert Griffin. And you're absolutely correct. However, I think that if you want to win the championship, I mean, win the actual championship, you can't draft players that you think they're just going to be, okay, well, I think he's going to be good. You have to draft the players that you are going to, I wouldn't say boom or bust, but you know they're going to have to have the propensity to just put up points. So you need to essentially keep that in mind. I mean, it's great to win. The, uh, the league, or at least place first, maybe in points or maybe in win. But the optimal goal to me is to take the championship. I think that's what everyone's fighting for. Yep. So you need to draft accordingly, in my opinion. I really, I really like what you're doing here. I love the Lamar Miller pick. I'm still always a big fan of Lamar Miller. I think he's very undervalued. But if there's, if there's, nobody, if there's anybody that's more criminally undervalued than Joyce Bell, I don't know who it is, at RB34 – uh, this is a this is a sin, okay? He was the 14th best running back in the league last year. They jettisoned yeah. Reggie Bush out. They bring in Amir Abdullah, who's going to get some work. But so so what? Lots of running backs are 14th last year, 34th in this draft this year. The Achilles injury wasn't a torn Achilles. It was an injury in week 17. He didn't miss any time at all uh, with, with the injury. Uh, but he and he had some reconstruct some repair surgery, I think, in the off season for the Achilles in the knee. So. Joy Bell, you had to be, like, jumping for joy at this point in the seventh round. Absolutely. And you know what? The uh, the running back that they picked up, I'm sorry, I don't recall the name, but uh, he's not a uh, he's not a break in between the tackles. I think he's more of your outside line, or outside running back. So okay. if you're going to go with your key Bell, you know he's going to be getting his touches in between the tackles. He's definitely your first, second down back. I mean, uh, and not only that, you, I think that when you draft players, you have to draft for the offense. I mean, yeah. that offense is pretty um, pretty intense. And you got uh, Calvin Johnson, who's opening up the field. I just thought that was another pretty pretty sweet pick on my part. Love it. Great job, John. We appreciate you coming on, my man. And uh, keep rocking in this draft, okay? Hey, good luck to you all. Uh, you know, I hope we can all be friends after I win this. But uh, let's, uh, <laughs> let's, let's keep it good. Send, send me a little check. I, I, I need, I, you know, hey, I need friends like that. Uh, thank you very much, John, for coming on. He's, he's, he's having a great time for Scout Fantasy tonight, and he's, he's got a good little spot. Listen, I will say this. I had a, a next-door neighbor all year that was a big Nebraska fan. They came in. They turned me on to Abdullah early on in the season. 
and I watched him all year. He's, he can absolutely run through the tackles. He did. He wasn't asked to do it much, but he absolutely can. He's a very strong back. Try to draft him in every one of your dynasty leagues, and there's nothing wrong with taking a shot on him. Matter of fact, he was taken before Joy Phil in this draft by paper chance, Palermo, uh, in, uh, as RB30. Corey, do you like this uh, Abdullah kid? Have you, have you gotten to see much of him? He's he, he fantasy friendly. Put it like that. He can he, yeah. he, he projects to be a, a three down pass catching running back. I'm not so quick to write off Joy Bell. I'm not so quick to write off Theo Reddick, who reports are saying that you know what I'm saying. They look at him as a guy that can catch 55 to 60 touch. I mean touchdowns. Excuse me, 55 to 60 receptions this season. They use multiple backs in Detroit. I think Abdullah will get his shot to be the guy, but I'm just not. I, I think he's a little value right now. All right. Uh, Mike, our next guest. Our next guest is from the eight one five Illinois. Ace is full. He had five rotables last year. Three of them made the playoffs. Uh-huh. Uh We we talked about it last year in the red versus blue league last year. Ace is full. Had the six pick. He went Adrian Peterson, Alshon Jeffrey, Garcon, Hilton, Cuddy, Ingram. He stayed active all year. He scored C.J. Anderson late for a dollar. And kept fighting. Uh, hopefully, your bet, your luck is better this year with your number one pick, Frank. You take Calvin Johnson, brother. Yeah. Well, that hurt me last year. That Peterson pick just killed me. You know that last year. It did. It was brutal, brutal, absolutely yeah. brutal. But hey, uh, you know this tenth pick, pick, I wasn't too happy about. It. I got to be real honest with you. I uh, okay. I was, I Good. Was what happened here? Gronk there. You know I I you know Gronk, but. I was looking at Gronk, but to be honest with you, I just don't like building my team around a tight end. Uh, I had some drafts this year, and I went back and looked at him, and, and a couple of, a couple of guys had uh, Gronk as a first-round pick, and uh, I just didn't like the teams that uh, they built. So uh, I decided to play it safe and go with Calvin. I know he's a, he's, he's an injury risk, but uh, I backed him up with AJ. I was happy about that. So uh, and we just took off. Did you think you were going to get Gronk in the second round? And and with you know Calvin, what? That's, that's what you were hoping for. I was exactly right. That's exactly what I was thinking. I think I can get Gronk on the comeback. Oh, I'm on the clock here, but uh, oh, yeah. I didn't. I mean, it's, you go ahead. You go ahead and make your pick. I was happy. I was happy with. Uh, hold on here. Let's see. I was happy with yeah, getting we... uh, AJ Green. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and make a pick here. I love it. So, this is this is in action, guys. It doesn't get any better than this. It's all good. It's all good. I, I in, picked the defense around early, so I'm going to take him. I'm pretty high on Miami this year, so I'm going to take him right here. So yeah. So uh, and I like the Gordon. I like. I, I contemplated in, in the third round. I you know I like Ingram, and I like uh, I like Gordon there. So I went with the younger guy, uh, and then we just went from there. Uh, well, that's what we want to talk about, Corey. Uh, what talking about this Melvin Gordon pick, uh, third round. Pedigree, he's got. He's got situation. He's got talent. The stars are aligning for Melvin Gordon, much like they are for Amari Cooper, Corey, uh, as the 13th running back on the board. Do you think San Diego's going to trust him enough to let him go? Because they've got a couple of ball hog uh, reception kind of running backs there in that offense. Yeah, and, and I wanted to talk to you about that. I see you invested in, in two charges. I, I love Keenan Allen as a bounce back as a bounce back player this year. Yeah, me but, too. Me too. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I think that's very, 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 very strong uh, wide receiver three for the team. Your running back depth is a little bit scary to me, though. But see, with Gordon, <laughs> I look at Gordon as 
a part of a committee. They use multiple running backs, but they race, they they use the high draft pick on Gordon. So I think he gets in there and gets the first crack, but I, I think he's the first and second down guy with Woodhead still in the mix. And Jonathan Stewart scares me a lot too, and so does Shane Vereen. What's your thinking behind the this this the Stewart and the Gordon combination no, as the R B one and R B two? I'm I'm just looking at an opportunity there with Stewart. Yeah. I, you know, I, I really sure. feel that he's gonna have, of course he has to stay healthy, but I think that's true of everybody, you know, basically. So I my, my philosophy is the day I draft, if they're healthy, even though they might have a history of it, I, I'm going to draft them if I, if I feel they're there, you know, if I feel they're going to help my you. team. Yep. And I, I really like Vereen a lot. I think he's going to catch a lot of passes, and I think he's going to get some touches in the running game. So I, I really liked him as as a flex there. And uh, so in this Johnson kid from Arizona, I think he can be a, a – a stud there. I really do. Uh, I like Ellington, don't get me wrong, but I think this kid, he's a little bit bigger. And uh, I think, uh, you know, middle of the year on, of course, Ellington, he's he's a risk also. And, uh, he is. So, so that's kind of why I like this Johnson kid. And, and you know how the young guys are. You know, I, I kind of favor them. I know you do, and I, I do too. So uh, yep. that's why I went there. So Let me ask you about uh, Brandon LaFell is a mispriced player in fantasy leagues right now. You got him yeah. in the seventh round as wide receiver, 39, almost the 40th wide receiver off the board. Yeah. And that's in the online championship format. You can flex this guy who yeah. is going to be a part of a very good offense. I think I think the wide receiver core is very strong, and 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 yeah, the is excellent as a flex. I think he's still he's still in that uh, walking boot. Maybe that's scaring some people yeah. off. I mean, I understand that, is. but uh-huh. you know, let's face it, the Patriots are going to throw. Let's face it. I yeah. mean. Uh, they're going to throw the ball, and, you know, uh, LaFell, I think he, he built a good rapport last year with, with Brady, so uh, I felt I felt it was a good pick there, you know. So uh, I, I, I really like to talk about these uh, draft guys, not to cut you off. I love to talk about these drafts team construction-wise, and what you've done here, what you've done here, man, uh, Frank, is you've been able to take this tight end position you take a guy in the tenth round that can, you know, Jason Witten has a history of top five performances as a tight end for years and years and years. He didn't have a great year of separation last year. Kind of is getting a up there in the tooth. And then you said, I'm going to get that done first, and then I'm going to fire at a couple of shots here. Right. Eifert and exactly. Ebron in the twelfth and the thirteenth round. Chances are one of these guys might have a very big season. I'm thinking it's going to be Eifert this year. I really do. I think I think last yeah. year was just a terrible set of circumstances for him. They let go of Jermaine Gresham. This offense throws to the tight end quite a bit, and they draft another rookie, and everybody could talk about that. But I think it's Eifert's year. I like the way you did this yeah. team construction element of your tight end. That's what I'm hoping. And, and then in this format, you can also flex. You know, I, I can use him as a, if, if one or both hit uh, with, with Witten. You know, I can use him as a flex, you know, uh, so – you know, I, yeah. I'm real happy with that. I really am. That's that's why I did it. So we're going to take a shot there, you know. And I didn't feel any wide receivers uh, right there or any running backs were were any better. So that's why I, I took them them two guys right there. And I, I was I was looking at Wheaton. I thought I could – I almost took him uh, when I picked Ebron there, but I thought I could wait one more round for Wheaton, and it, it worked out good. I wanted Wheaton, and I got him, so – I'm I'm real happy with it, and I'm not going to say it's going to be a power lineup, but I'm fairly yeah. happy with it. And you get your quarterback in the ninth round by uh, by waiting. Hey, Frank, great job. I like the team. There's not any negatives. Mike, do you have anything about this team that uh, sticks out to you? Mikey, Mikey, how are you? <laughs> uh, Mike, Mikey, Mikey. Oh, let's see. Hold on. I think we. Uh, um, Mikey, um, Mikey, I should got, be uh, here. Uh, 
There you are. There you are. You there, Frank? Yep. Yeah, yeah, Mike. How are you? I just want to say I, I'm I'm late to the party, but uh, I love your team and uh, congrats and uh, good <laughs> luck and have a great year, man. Okay, thanks, partner. You take care. All right, you All right, too, Frank. All right, thanks, Scotty. We'll see you. Absolutely, Frank Mascow, Ace is full. You'll see him in Scout Fantasy Draft Rooms uh, all year long as we chase down these uh, these championships, uh, guys. I don't know what else there is to say about this draft other than they've absolutely Fine. exceeded expectations. I didn't Fine. think we were going to see the whole thing. I didn't think we were going to see it all. Uh, the draft has been excellent to watch. Let's take a look at a couple of guys who weren't able to give us a call. Let's look at the three-hole with the paper champs. Uh, Mike, he starts off three wide receivers, Andrew. Brown, Jeffrey, Cooks. you got to love that. Ellington and Marshall. Let's talk about that. Brandon Marshall, fifth-round pick. We know what he's capable of. Uh, Geno Smith is the only question mark here. What do you think about that fifth-round value for Brandon Marshall? Yeah, you know what? Uh, I think Brandon Marshall is going to go a little bit higher than that, uh, obviously. Uh, Danny Woodhead pick, and that just screams out to me. You know, I think Danny Woodhead's going to come back uh, pretty strong, but in round seven, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have done that. Uh, Corey, who do you think is going to have a bigger fantasy season this year, Decker or Brandon Marshall in that offense? Decker finished as wide receiver 27 for Geno Smith. And in the last couple weeks of the season, we're talking week 14, we're talking late, six for 89, seven for 100, uh, threw in a dud against New England, two for 21, and finished up with 10 for 221 against Miami. Geno seemed to kind of get things kind of rolling, and and according to some of these uh, the guys that he's working with, he's really corrected things and improved in the offseason. You know yeah. what I was about to say? We're sitting here talking about the numbers Eric Decker put up at the end of last season. You know who was throwing him the football? It was Geno Smith. I'm not so I'm not I, in all the drafting and goals I've done. When I, we get to the late rounds, I always take a fly on Geno Smith, Chan Gailey in there now working with him. I think he starts to turn the corner a little bit, and he's going to see some progress. I like Eric Decker better, though, with that being said. Brandon Marshall is getting to the point now. We're starting to see injuries creep up every season, going to a new location. I just don't think it's the right fit. I think he comes in there, and I think he gives Geno some good protection as a veteran wide receiver, somebody to throw to, somebody to help him out, uh, you know, in the huddle and stuff like that and learning the playbook and just his veteran experience. But as far as his production on the field goes, I think we're starting to see the, 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 to the point where we're starting to see the downside of Brandon Marshall's career. Hmm. Well, I, you know, Corey, I, Corey, I appreciate, I appreciate that, but I, I just, I just don't know when Geno's ever going to come around. I, I just don't <laughs> see it. I know. I, I, I listen. I, listen. It doesn't. It doesn't. You're not saying nothing new that nobody else is saying. But he finished strong. <laughs> last, he, he finished. He, he finished strong last season, and you know, like I said, I'm taking him as a late it round is. flyer. But I like Eric Decker. Another thing about Eric Decker this season. He is going to get uh, covered by the number two corner because that top corner is always going to line up against Brandon Marshall. He goes back to going to second tier to second tier cornerbacks. I think he can have a big. I think he can have a top twenty five season again, and he's and he's and he's, and he's getting priced well, outside the top twenty five. Well, and, you know, and I appreciate that. And the one thing about what you're saying and what what I agree with is we both believe in systems. If the system is right, it works. Uh, there, right. there, there, um, Tom well, no, House. No, there, anybody, no, no, no. Do, you, do you guys remember Tom House? 
He's the same I remember, uh, I remember MLB, Castle. MLB pitcher and quarterback guru. Uh, yep, he he worked out. with Tim Tebow. He worked uh-huh. with Tom Brady. And uh, they, they say that there's not a lot of mechanical reasons that Geno Smith's uh, game isn't uh, there. So it's, when, when you're getting praise from Tom House, I start to listen. And when, and, and when, you, when you work with him in the offseason, now I'm interested. I'm a little interested in taking a kind yeah. of a stash and a, a little stash and cash mentality, uh, maybe on uh, some of these Jets wide receivers if they fall to you now. So Brandon Marshall, wide receiver, 26 in this draft. Well, Eric you're not Decker. A Jet fan anymore, there's though. another. There's another. There's another criminal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, 40th wide receiver for Eric Decker. That's a little <laughs> bit of value. And then there's got there's a little tight end there named Jay Tomorrow that I'd be a little interested. He had some high expectations coming in as a rookie, but. I mean, you can't really blame him for anything that happened last year. So, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing what they can do. Let's we've got eight minutes left in the program. Who else do we need to look at? Let's look at Rob Benetti's team from the six hole. Corey, break this team yeah, down for me. It. Jamal Charles starts off with the draft, moves on to C.J. Anderson. I almost like C.J. Anderson more than Jamal Charles. Is that okay to say? Uh, perfectly, absolutely. That's cool to say. This is a strong. This is a very strong team right here. This is a team that's going to be around when it's all said and done in this league. A nice start with the running backs. But then what he did is he got, I don't want to say lucky, but he was smart with picking off his, his, his top three wide receivers. Benjamin is going to be a target monster, and so is Edelman. Vincent Jackson in round six is wide receiver 33. He's a mispriced player. He's going to finish around wide receiver 20, even probably higher than that, round, maybe by round wide receiver 17. That's a strong wide receiver three. I love the Russell Wilson yep. pick. I'm all about Wilson this year, Captain America. Yep. Josh Hill, Drew Brees is going to throw 31 touchdown passes this season. Josh Hill is probably going to be good, about eight of those. So uh, Kenny Stills, the first half of the season, while Devontae Parker gets revved up, this is a strong-looking team. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I can get behind this team right here. Jarek McKinnon, late the player. Chris Conley, late another player that, 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 I'm, that I'm looking at. So, um, no, I like this team. I think this team, right now, this team could be the favorite. You know what? Yeah, I, another good, strong player. I like this team. Yeah, I, I do too, Corey. Uh, the one thing I don't like about this team is is explosiveness. Other than uh, Jamal Charles, I, don't, I just don't see anybody that's going to score more than one or two touchdowns a game, and that, that scares me. But other that's than true. that, they're, they're going to be very consistent. They're going to be very consistent. They're going to throw consistent points, and that's a team that you uh, – you know, if I was going up against, I'm, I'm like, oh, geez. You know, this, one, I, this, I, this team right here is going to be one of the four teams in the finals. Yeah, yeah. I kind of, I yeah. kind of agree with that, and it's, and it's still early. I haven't really gotten to break down all the teams, but when you look at his picks, you can't argue with Charles, uh, C.J. Anderson. It, it kind of makes you question: Would you have went Charles if you knew C.J. Anderson was going to fall that far? You could have gotten your wide receiver one locked up. It is the FFWC. You do need those three wide receivers every single week, sometimes five. Uh, so, but but I'm not going to argue with that. Kelvin Benjamin is where I have a little bit of an issue. I, I talked to Ian Ritchie, uh, you know, our, our vice president of scout fantasy earlier today. He actually doesn't mind the Kelvin Benjamin pick in the third round, whereas I'm a little more opposed to it. I would I would probably prefer a Jordan Matthews there, uh, just because uh, there's there, Benjamin had his question marks coming into the season. Now he defied a lot of skeptics last year going in. There's no doubt about it. But then already you're starting uh, off in the the season with a little bit of overweight issue, a little bit of hamstring, uh, you know that that 
and a little bit of a little bit of injuries waking up, which you've had before. So now I'm starting to question: Is this the player that they we saw last year, or is it the one that came in this season that everybody thought he was going to be? And you already drafted another big target there, so it's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out. I can't fault the Benjamin pick. I'm not going to fault it. I probably would have went a different direction. Edelman, you got to love that. Yeldon, we already talked about that. I probably would have went uh, Yeldon there as well uh, with a potential starter. And you say Vincent Jackson is a steal at that spot? I probably would have went Allen Robinson. I prefer the youth at that point in the draft. I've got a questionable quarterback leading the way. I don't know about the chemistry that's going to happen. I mean, Winston, all he has to do is kind of throw it up there. But Jackson is getting a little long in the tooth. I would have probably taken the automatic catches of the 80 catches for Allen Robinson and probably just walk to the bank with that, but that's just me. Let's look at another team real quick, guys, and we got to go. Actually, you know what? It's gonna have to, we're going to have to save it for, for for next week. We absolutely are out of time here, guys. It's, it's been a fantastic job. Corey, thank you for joining Red vs. Blue on our debut show of 2015. We love you, man. Uh, great, great coming on. And where can people find you other than the Scout Fantasy Forums? You're on Twitter. On Twitter, at the Fantasy Executive. Of course, you know what we do over there. At Tilly Sexton Fantasy Sports Radio in the morning time. So, also want to got the debut coming up. If you haven't checked it out already, got the AFC South and the NFC South podcast divisional previews with my guy Sean Chow. They're up there right now at Scott. Excuse me, at Scout Fantasy. Not to mention the debut with myself and Chris McCallum. Debut to take over this upcoming the Wednesday takeover. night. The takeover debuts this upcoming Wednesday night. So, you know what that means. It's about that time, and hopefully, you get a chance to see everybody in Vegas. Yeah, Corey's show, if you haven't heard it, it's fantastic. Christopher Carl's a high-stakes player and a high-stakes pro. Uh, they do a great job, and they get you ready for the Wednesday night waivers. Uh, that Everybody's oh, sitting around great, and doing waivers great. anyway. Every player at Scout Fantasy needs to be tuned into the takeover on Wednesday night just to you make sure you're not missing right. out on anything. All right, Corey, my All man, right. we'll see you like We'll see you, buddy. All right. Thanks, Corey. Mike, Mike it was some Scott. show we had out of the gate, brother. At the ball, man. Hey, you know what? It's uh, it's great to get reconnected and uh, do this again, and uh, we'll just keep on doing it and doing it, and red versus blue keeps moving on and making everybody yeah, better. And I, I tell you what, I've got to have another show so I can break down Canadian geese and blame Para pound for pound and Wayne Ferguson. <laughs> I love that team. Absolutely love the the Lacey Evans, Sanders, Landry, Kelsey, uh, Charles Johnson start. John Brown, my sleeper of the year, round eight fantastic team. Sham has been absolutely on fire this year in the Scout Fantasy Draft Rooms. He puts together a monster team with Julio, McCoy, Graham, uh, Cooper, my breakout awesome. player of the year, Macklin, Gurry, Kevin White is a uh, Zach Hurts. Fantastic young upside squad that can win this whole thing. Sham and Cali uh, put together here. And then look at the 12 hole, John Pace and Truck. He, I, I, I hate drafting against this guy. Jordy and Cobb, <laughs> Matthews and Tate, Geo and Blunt and Decker and Roethlisberger. He's got everything you could possibly ask for in your starting yep. eight. And then the question yep. is, who's going to fill in those other three spots? Be, he got my boy Teddy Bridge. It's fun. Mike. Uh, look, it's our first show back. We got to start getting into the draft rooms together. We got to start talking fantasy. We've been, you've been yeah, MIA now, uh, and, and now you're back. So it's, uh, I'm glad to have you back every Friday I'm, night I'm, at nine o'clock. You guys come back and listen. You, come back and listen to Red versus Blue. Go to scoutfantasy.com. Use the promo code Red Blue Three. 
You'll get three months for the price of one. You'll get all of our DFS information, all of our season-long info from Sean Childs, from Dr. Roto, uh, and the exec. And uh, every once in a while, I'll give you something. But uh, great That's having great you back, minds. Mike. That's great minds. Great minds. Great show. And uh, thanks, Thank everybody, you, for tuning in. We will see you guys next Friday night. Uh, online championships. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time.